Common, bienvenue, konnichiwa, ni hao, jambo, mod haba. It's time for the Armist Inquisition episode 299 on Sunday, the 8th of October 2023. I'm Phil. I'm Ben. I'm Matt. And we're very happy tonight to be joined by RN Voot, Rich, otherwise known as RN Voot. How are you doing, Rich? Doing great. Thank you for the invitation. It's a pleasure to be with you guys. Oh, I've been looking forward to this. I was uh, re- oh, I'm reading your first book here. <laughs> The Spirit in the Sky, if you can see that up on the screen. And uh, it's the, the title image, the image on the front cover immediately struck me because we've got Orion there or Osiris or whatever other cultures have, have decided to name this constellation. Plus uh, 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 the chemical compound of a certain entheogen, which is becoming more and more prominent all the time through the work of Graham Hancock and Rick Strassman that you mention a lot in the in the book and, and whatnot. So yeah, really looking forward to this, Rich. And um I, we were just chatting before we started that um I'd read some of your sort of biogs and stuff online and you mentioned like very briefly and mysteriously about <laughs> the European Space Agency's Ariadne mission or something, and I got the impression you may be working on that when something went wrong. What's 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 all that about? <laughs> yeah, it went drastically wrong, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I was working for the UK government's Ariane 5 space program, um, uh, basically on security detail for the construction of satellites, uh, which were to be launched in the South American jungle. Um, and yeah, I was working on security detail for that about 10 years or so ago now. And um yeah, quite a lot of uh, shift patterns, back-to-back, boring evenings. It's, it was a it was a wonderful job, greatest job I've ever had. Absolutely loved it. But as you can imagine, when things sort of wind down over an evening, there's not much to do apart from shoot the breeze with your colleagues when you're just waiting for the technicians to come in and start um, manufacturing the, the spacecraft again. And I used to talk about a lot of my research to my work colleagues. And, um, yeah, they, they used to say, dude, what are, you, what are you doing here? <laughs> Why don't you write this stuff down? You should write a book. This is this is mind-blowing stuff. Why haven't you written a book? But like I say, due to my um, shift patterns, I'd be working sort of 12, 15-hour shifts, six days a week. And there was no real sort of downtime to, to kind of put this stuff together. That is until um, I was messing around outside a launch pad and decided to bust out my best moonwalk which went fatally, well, almost fatally wrong. Um, stumbled off the platform, broke my back in a number of places. And uh, I was I was back in the UK within 48 hours and having surgery on my spine, which is where I found the downtime to 
yeah, pen my first novel. My first novel, first um, first book. My first book was originally um, a novel, which was semi, <coughs> excuse me, yeah, semi-fictional, based on the um, based on the grand the Grand Pyramids being a proverbial, let's say, a power station, which has been championed in recent years by Christopher Dunn. And it, it's, yeah, it's, it's extremely eye-opening. But yeah, I just thought I'd make a, a fun adventure um, along those lines, which was, which was fun to do. But to be fair, I, in, the, in the process of actually writing Devolution Cycle, I came across a documentary, which I'm sure you're familiar with, um, entitled The Spirit Molecule. Right. And my life was forever changed. <laughs> I... <laughs> I had absolutely no idea what this chemical compound was about, let alone what it looked like. And um, yeah, after seeing this particular documentary, it, uh, it felt extremely familiar to me, extremely familiar to me. I thought, man, I've, I know nothing. I'm not a chemist, but the, um, yeah, the, the, the structure of this chemical compound it just sort of slapped me in the face. And the reason it slapped me in the face was because I was extremely into, or very heavily into ancient Egyptian mythology and other mythologies around the world. And um, Was that yeah. due to uh, you sort of, because you're a big fan of Graham Hancock, was so, was that Absolutely. you sort of, was that your leading, what led you into the Egyptian mythology thing, or is that a longstanding interest? Um, somewhat, somewhat. To be fair, it was probably about 25 years ago. I actually picked up a book in a junk shop which I used to champion at the time. And it's, it's got a, a lot of good takeaways, which are still valid today. But a lot of it, I think, has run away with the ancient alien uh, hypothesis, as it were. But it was um, it was originally the Chariots of the Gods by Eric Von Daniken, which actually kind of opened the doors to this particular uh, rabbit hole that I, I found myself descending ever ever further into, as it were. And it was that that led me on to fingerprints of the gods around 96 or 7, maybe even 1998. And that really kind of got the ball rolling for me. I was absolutely fascinated. My mind, my, again, my, my, my outlook of history had been completely warped after looking at what Hancock was discussing and for, for yeah for all intents and purposes I, I still believe that what he's talking about is extremely valid um, again none of this would have ever been possible prior to unearthing places like Gebekli Tepe which we can talk about later which I actually talk about in my latest publication um, because Gebekli Tepe I don't know if you're aware um, I can go into this later on but that's actually got an even more ancient Armenian namesake, which is Portasar, which actually means the umbilical of Osiris. Um, and hence, the, the, my, my, this particular rabbit hole that I'm deep diving down with the mythology of Osiris and the molecular structure of DMT, um, yeah, it just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, and it, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's absolutely mind-blowing. But I actually published The Spirit in the Sky in 2017, which I... But as you said, I was fortunate enough to, um, yeah, be supported and recognised via Graham Hancock's Author of the Month website. And from from there, I, yeah, I started to appear on a number of radio stations, uh, podcasts like yourself, and just, just discussing what my particular is about. 
but if, even publishing the spirit in the sky if someone have actually said to me um in 2017 that come sort of five or six years down the line i'll be penning my fifth book which was still wholly centered around this mythology and this chemical psychedelic anomaly that we find in our human brains dmt um i would have probably laughed at you you know i had absolutely no idea what this molecule was about um i yeah i mean i, I grew up in in the, in the 90s and you can say i've got a proverbial t-shirt or two do you know what i mean with regards to recreational substances <laughs> <laughs> that's something i wanted to ask you actually um because when i was reading your book and bearing in mind that it was written six years ago now you mentioned that um dmt it, at the time it had been confirmed to have been found in the brains of mice that mice produce this entheogen in their brain and it was still a bit sort of blurry a bit of a hypothesis whether the same was the case for humans are we any further in understanding that we know that it's that it's in our brains. We know that it's found also in the lungs, the cerebral spinal fluid, um, the cerebral spinal fluid and the brain stem with the blood brain barrier. It's all kind of one sort of semantic cycle, if you know what I mean, um, forever being replenished. It's also, <coughs> excuse me, found in the eyes as well, which is extremely telling when we get to the myth of Osiris and the etymology of Osiris being OS. It's got a plethora of, excuse me, a plethora of meanings. One meaning God, one meaning open. And iris is kind of self-explanatory in regards to the human eye. Um, but we also find out that iris is ancient Greek for rainbow, um, which is quite revealing as well when we talk about the, uh, let's say, the, the, the Great Pyramid, because the, 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 the angles of the Great Pyramid as well, we find, excuse me, are fundamental to actually perceiving a rainbow uh, at an angle of 42 degrees. And we find out that Osiris as well throughout the mythology was actually dismembered into 42 pieces. Um, and yeah, if you wanted to be any more clearer about what this particular message might be saying, you actually find out that the etymology of Osiris translates directly as seat of perception. Wow which is kind of eye-opening in itself, let's say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And again, the sort of opening of the eye, a lot of this sort of mysticism is concerned with opening of the third eye, and this relates to the pineal gland, and there was, there's been theories that that's where DMT is produced. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think they're a little bit closer to understanding that maybe the pineal gland might be too small to, pr to produce this. Um, we know that it produces serotonin during the day, you know, um, melatonin. Um, we also, under, I mean, there's there's a lot of subcontext with regards to etymology and these words as well. Um, like when you have what's called a, even when I was on the beach, when I'll go back to my story, um, after watching the spirit molecule, where had I seen this before? Where have I seen it before? I'm down on the beach. It's blown my mind. And literally, the clouds parted. It was unreal. <laughs> and it was literally an, an epiphany, you know? I literally had Orion in front of me. And I was like, damn, that's kind of close to, to the structure of DMT. And then my mind's racing with regards to the mythology of DMT. Then everything kind of fell into place. But epiphany itself actually derives from a, 
um, a moment of divine inspiration from, the, from within the midst of one's mind eye. And this, uh, the scientific name for the pineal gland is actually epiphysis cerebri. So there's a lot kind of underlying that's kind of in front of us, if you kind of know how to read between the lines, if you know what I mean. I wonder why they picked that name. <laughs> I mean, who decides these things? Who decides what to name something, you know, a part of the brain? Who, You know, it must come absolutely. from somewhere. No, absolutely. Absolutely. It's crazy. It's crazy. But um, I think a lot of these, I mean, that's that comes, that stems from ancient Greek. But again, the, the majority of ancient Greek mythology, it, 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 it's kind of not been bastardized. It's terrible. It's been stolen, I guess, from an even more ancient lineage. And that lineage being ancient Egypt. Um, so there's a lot going on with regards to mythological deities throughout um, Greek mythology as well, which is rather specifically talking about human brain anatomy, which doesn't make a lot of sense um, at first. But again, once you kind of start reading into the etymology of what these things may or may not mean, the, I guess the proverbial picture starts to become a little bit clearer for uh you have Zeus, the Greek godhead. Um, Zeus, for all intents and purposes, is it's, it's almost another incarnation of Jesus. I mean, if you kind of think about it as well, Zeus, Jesus, it, it, it will make a lot of sense. But Zeus was known for um, sporting what's known as our moon form. And if you're familiar with that, Zeus, Zeus our moon. Um, and that actually comes from the ancient Egyptian deity Amun-Ra. And Amun-Ra was a, a supposed goat uh, or ram-headed deity that supported these, um, these horns on the side of his head. It doesn't make a lot of sense if you look at it and take it kind of face value, you know. There's, well, in my lifetime anyway, I haven't seen any sort of anthropomorphic demigods walking around with a ram's head. Um, <laughs> Uh, and again, you can either do what the, I guess, the religious doctrines are doing, running away with this stuff and saying, yeah, kind of that's how it is. Or you can kind of look at the metaphorical and allegorical meaning and kind of read between the lines. Because we actually find that the, the brain schematics as well, by the brainstem, we've got Armun's horn. And Armun's horn is it's, it's, it's kind of another name for the hippocampus proper. And the hippocampus is actually shaped like... Like, like like the horns, like within the, just outside the limbic system, and it's it's quite mind blowing when you actually sort of look at a side by side comparison. <laughs> Excuse me, um, but the hippocampus itself translates as seahorse. Why why would hippocampus mean seahorse? You know what's all that about? Um, and we find that it's translated as seahorse for 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 good reason because we have. The, the much famed and fabled uh, myth of Medusa, excuse me, of um, Pegasus. And Pegasus is the flying horse. Again, doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, I've done a lot of horse riding in my time. Never seen one that could fly. Mm. But again, it's... What does it mean? What does it mean? We find out that... Um, Pegasus was favoured by the goddess of memory, Nemesine, and the nine muses. And muses means to think, to ponder, to recall. And we're talking about the hippocampus, and the higher brain function of the hippocampus is to do with memory, okay? 
So we find out through the mythology, um, through the godhead of Zeus, he was actually stabled in, uh, in Zeus's stables, apparently, in the sky. But again, I think that's um, allegorical of a, a higher conscious level of understanding. Um, I've gone a little bit off the topic of Osiris, but I will continue for... <laughs> It's all right. It's all right. The purpose of this train of thought. Yeah. Well, we find the, the hippocampus is not only is it um, translated as seahorse, the hippocampus itself actually looks like a seahorse. That is why it's named hippocampus seahorse. Um, if you bear with me, I'm just going to try and grab up an image because I've got a few more on here, which will help you understand this a little bit more. And I'll try and talk my way through it as well. It's all right. You're going to try and share a picture. Yeah, I will do. I will do. So what we what we understand from the myth of Pegasus, um, he was known to have kicked open the... Where, where are we? On Mount Helicon, he kicked open the sacred fountain of Hippocrene. And that doesn't, again, make a world of sense. Okay, here we go. Um, get this image up here. No. You see this? No. Try, try unsharing and sharing again, ah, like we, we did go. before. Okay. I yeah. don't know why. It's just computers are terrible. One hundred percent. Just true. Sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. There we go. Sometimes they. Oh, well, there we go. Right, and this time it decides to work. Okay. Yeah, it's come up. So there. just at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Just at the bottom, we can see. Wow, the seahorse. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah, so that's there we go. That's, that's the seahorse, and here <laughs> is what the hippocampus looks like. Wow, and looking at the brain from behind, we have our moon's horn here. Is that okay. the bit in blue? That's the bit in blue, right? That's the bit in blue. That's the hippocampus. So, you. if you can imagine this bit here wrapped around each side of the left and right brain lobe, right? Got you. I'm sure, there's a Sure, there's a far more scientific name than that. <laughs> but what we find is, is the um, yeah, Pegasus kicked open the fountain of Hippocrene, which causes waters to flow. Now, if you look at that as in, I guess, a more allegorical uh, sense, it, it, it's 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 opening the pathways for your memory to flow. Right, that makes. A little bit more sense. So I'm guessing if people people who have damage to the hippocampus, it affects their memory. Then is that the absolutely right? Absolutely, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. But again, we find out that um, Pegasus was a flying horse, and it doesn't make a world of sense, does it? In kind of the modern era, mm. but we find out that the hippocampus itself is actually described as a white eminence, and for all intents and purposes, Pegasus, the flying horse was winged and white. Yeah. But where do his wings come from? Now, this is where we go back to um, ancient Greek etymology again. Um, and a lot of these words were still, uh, we're still using to today have been, they've been, they've been used for, for more than 2000 years, but we actually find a part of the human brain known as the cerebrum. So the cerebrum its job is to protect and cover the brainstem and the hippocampus proper, if, if mm. that makes any sense. And just here, I don't know if you can see, it's a very ah. small image. I've got better images, but a top-down view of the cerebrum, it actually looks like angel's wings. And the angel, angel is also known as a cherubim. 
So we have cerebrum and cherubim. Wow. And it's the cherubim's job to actually cover and protect the house of God or the brainstem. Whoa, let's just think about the Ark of the Covenant, man. The, the cherubims on top of the seat of God, the mercy seat. Yeah, just Absolutely. Think. Wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's so cool. I have another image here. Oh, or do I? No, I don't. It's not there. We'll come out of that for now. Let's stop sharing and get my face back up. I do apologize for this. It's Quite hard to navigate some of these, some of these <laughs> things. So uh, what I'm trying to get out here is basically for all intents and purposes, all these things are these 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 images and mythologies are allegorical, excuse me, allegorical and metaphoric in nature with regards to human potential, I guess, the human experience and the functionality of the human brain. Um, and it makes more, in my eyes, again, I'm not here to to offend anyone um, with regards to religion. Um, but unfortunately, in the 21st century, a lot of this kind of religious malarkey with the wars has just started to kick off over again in yeah. you know where. Um, it's all over a book of allegories, you know? I mean, the Bible is extremely explicit. It can't be any more um, impending when it actually says, literally, these are dark sayings of old. These are riddles of the wise. Jesus didn't say anything unless it was in a parable whether he spoke in terms of allegory, you know, um, it's, it becomes extremely third opening um, and obvious once you know how to kind of dissect this particular um, religious iconography um, and indeed scripture in the 21st century. It, it makes a lot more sense with regards to 21st century science than it does to 21st century religion do you follow do you follow dave matheson at all rich yeah i know dave matheson yeah the, he does the the constellations and yeah the yeah charts, i think right? you dig his sort of stuff because i think you're probably coming at this Read a couple of his books a very very learned yeah. man very clever guy very very clever guy um and i, ha I have to admit probably 98 99 of everything that he's putting forward i have to kind of tick off and say yeah take a bow you've nailed that absolutely nailed it um because again you've got you've got a lot of these greek vases and, uh, and what have you that are depicting really random scenes which only makes sense if you kind of i guess unpack it and undress certain parts of the scene and emblazon that onto the sky and the story that it's actually telling around the vase or whatever it may or may not be it makes a lot more sense with regards to the cycle of the cosmos, the zodiac, and uh, yeah, what we call procession. It, it's it's, it's mind-blowing stuff. Mm. So essentially, someone somewhere has uh, has worked all this out for us and kind of inserted it into myth and mortar, as it were, for I guess a scientific, scientifically savvy civilization, excuse me, civilization or society like our own. To actually, again, I keep saying it, but read between the lines and look at the deeper meaning, you know? Um, because if that's not the case, then I guess maybe there were dung beetle-headed dudes walking around ancient Egypt 5,000 years ago. Um, yeah. Telling you how I it think is or how it isn't. Stargate. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I was going to say there's probably two possible explanations for what we're finding, but I want to save that till later on. 
let's sure. not let's not go for t- to conclusions just yet. What about uh, let's go back to Osiris and this? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And this and again, uh, link. I, I don't profess to be any kind of certified biologist, chemist, archaeologist, um, whatever the ist is or isn't. I, I'm. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'd like to think, blame my own trumpet, I'm just a rather uh, extremely well-read um, and inquisitive and open-minded individual that's open to interpretation. And when the interpretation makes a lot more sense underneath a scientific lens as opposed to a religious lens or opinion, um, yeah, I think there's breadcrumbs to follow that could really um, give you something to digest at the end of the um, at the end of the trial, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I was just going to see if I had an actual image. I don't know. Oh, maybe I can. Maybe if I'm really slick and fast. Too late. <laughs> <laughs> because I think I used a, I downloaded a a picture which which represents sort of the the hypothesis of this first book and, and it shows in graphic detail this this link between Osiris and um the DMT molecule. Okay. All right, if that's the I'll tell you what, if you drop that image, I've got a I've got an image with the constellations and the chemical counterparts left and right. So you can actually Yeah, I've just thrown it up on screen for everyone now. The uh, okay, the so... blue image there. So what is going on here, Rich? With this spirit okay. in the sky. What I'm going to do, if you don't mind, I'm actually going to screen share again. I've yeah. got that is <laughs> that's an old image of mine again that was punted out sort of seven six years ago. Right. Um, but as it stands, where are we? Here we are. Can you see this? Oh yes, mm-hmm. yeah. Right, fantastic, fantastic. Right, I'm just going to give a little bit of a backstory to the myth of Osiris, if you don't mind, before Absolutely. we actually get to the uh, yeah the the constellation and the possibility of it being yeah descriptive, micro a microscopic psychoactive chemical compound found throughout nature and inside the human brain. So yeah, go for it. Right. Okay, so the myth of Osiris starts off at an elaborate banquet that's been actually set by Osiris's wicked brother, known as Set or Seth, um, depending on sort of where you get your sources from. But everyone is at this at this party. Everyone's having a great time. Set decides to play a game, and he, he brings out what can only be described as an ornate coffer, um, a huge wooden box, which was fashioned out of the acacia tree, which is... Extremely significant, which is what we'll get to as well. Now, he actually invites guest after guest to actually try the dimensions of this beautiful wooden coffer and actually suggests whoever it befits perfectly can, in fact, keep it. A bit like Cinderella. There you go. Whoever the shoe fits, right? Mm. Um, In fact, this, this particular mythology has been remembered via the Star Wars trilogy, believe it or not. (laughs) Um, are you, you you familiar with Star Wars, right? What? <laughs> Honestly, Rich, like just behind Ben, there's a, a life-size scale Han Solo in carbonite. 
Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. That is beautiful. He is beautiful. I have, yeah, well, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to take me, me top. Got Anakin and uh, all sorts tattooed up and down my left shoulder. But um, <laughs> to, what I'm, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you a brief synopsis of how this plays into the um, Star Wars franchise, and then I'll get back to right. the, the mythology. But what we actually find out that from, from Star Wars, I guess a long time ago, yet not so far away, Anakin Skywalker, Cyrus is somewhat disposed of by a self-appointed emperor described as a Sith Lord who represents chaos or dark or the dark side, the dark side of the force. Now, this self-appointed emperor betrays a corrupted Anakin who was tempted or tricked by the Sith. Remember, Sith, <coughs> excuse me, but not before Anakin, Osiris, made certain of his legacy and impregnated his lover Padme, Isis. <sighs> Right, yeah. Now, in time, Anakin's son, Luke Skywalker, who is Horus, the Sky God, would learn of his father's fate and avenge his untimely death, thus restoring peace to the galaxy. But the original trilogy also reminds us of Isis and her search for her ill-fated lover, Osiris, in so much that Osiris, we find, and I'll get to this in a minute, Osiris was entombed within a pillar of acacia inside the palace of, um, of the King of Fibloss. Now, as you well know, with regards to what's hanging on the wall behind you, (laughs) the Empire Strikes Back retells a myth of Princess Leia somewhat dutifully rescuing um, Han Solo from the evil clutches of Jabba the Hutt. Solo, we learn, has been entombed, frozen in carbonite, and hung amongst the pillars of a grandiose palace. You see where we're going? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We've also got an ancient Egyptian god as well known as Bess. Um, It's a lesser-known deity um, for all intents and purposes but he was he was basically known as the defender of all that was good yet held no regard for the dark side um and Bess is probably the original celtic mythology or the best contender for the green man or what we call the leprechaun oh little uh, little green men star wars can't think of any Jarwis. <laughs> no yoda yoda yoda, yoda. So anyway, how this relates to the story of Osiris is everybody is taking their turns to jump inside this beautiful casket. Yeah, everyone's coming up too short, too small, too tall. Um, Until the time of Osiris. Osiris lays down inside this beautiful casket and it fits in perfectly. Now, to the guest's stunned amazement, what we find is that Set and his men decide to seize the opportunity and slam the lid completely tight, fasten it shut, they take Osiris in tomb within his coffer and they throw it into the River Nile. He's set adrift on the River Nile for a number of weeks. Nobody really knows. But he eventually runs uh, runs, runs aground upon the uh, coastal banks of Byblos in modern-day Lebanon. <coughs> Excuse me. Where Osiris then becomes entombed, I should say further entombed, within the trunk of a tamarisk tree. We find that the tamarisk is a variety of acacia. Now, after a number of years, the king of Byblos orders the felling of the tree as it's going to be carved into a pillar that's going to adorn the walls of his palace. Hence the Han Solo story, right? Mm. Osiris' sister, um, Isis, learns of her lover's fate, bargains with a king who sets him free. Unfortunately, this kind of rubs Seth up the wrong way. He thinks he's going to rule over the Nile Valley with darkness and chaos. But he learns of uh, this, I guess, resurrection 
um, and systematically decides to dismember Osiris, dispatching him once, once and for all, where legend then dictates Osiris became the complete embodiment of the constellation of Orion. Right. Now, we've got two conflicting mythologies here because Osiris, where he was entombed within the, the casket and the trunk of the tamarisk tree, known as the acacia, he was forever remembered as the complete embodiment or the lifeblood of the acacia. Right. He was also known, as I say, when he became resurrected um, by his wife Isis, he was then murdered for the second time and then became synonymous with the complete, um, yeah, the complete constellation of Orion. Now, ancient Egyptian gods pretty much um, a, a deified and remembered as single stars. Um, and Isis, I'll get to a little bit later on in the conversation, but she's specifically remembered as um, just one star, as Sirius, within the constellation of um, the big dog in the sky, Canis Major. But Osiris, we find, he's got this complete mythology surrounding the, the yeah, the, the complete... Um, constellation of Orion, but he's also known as the lifeblood of the acacia. So it's kind of conflicting. He either resides here on Earth within the lifeblood or, air quotes, sap of the acacia, or he resides on a macroscopic scale as the constellation which the, we, we recognize today as Orion. So you can either take that at face value and say, like the Egyptologists still do today, yep, Osiris was murdered, rescued, murdered again, became a constellation and was remembered as the lifeblood of Osiris. We're not going to talk much more about that. Let's move along. Or there's some kind of deeper hidden meaning. And this is where I believe that what they're trying to say with regards to Osiris being entombed within the lifeblood or the sap of the acacia, I think what they're actually trying to say to us that they've actually understood the molecular structure of DMT or the lifeblood of the acacia and they've decided to for all intents and purposes emblazon it upon the macrocosm um, for yeah a, a scientifically savvy I guess society like I've said earlier on to kind of read between the lines and say there's a kind of as above so below thing going on here um, or not now what I have found prior to releasing the spirit in the sky was that I had a number of, I guess, naysayers or doubters with regards to the original myth of Osiris. Um, and I'll get to why I think this makes sense in a minute. Got, I've got some more imagery, which I will bring up very, very quickly. And I mentioned earlier on that Osiris, excuse me, um, excuse me, that DMT is also found in the human eye and quite possibly the pineal gland. Now, the third eye uh, of the pineal gland is actually, again, for all intents and purposes, it's structured like a human eye. It's It's got the same rod and cone structure. It's connected to the optic foul eye. Everything about it says, it, it's screaming, I'm another eye. I'm an eye. Right, I've uh, heard some people say um, that it was an eye, like going back millions of years, that it was a working eye. And that wouldn't surprise me because we actually, I can't remember the name of the lizard, but there's one yes. that's actually 
kind of famed in Australia has actually still got the the the, the third eye um, on the top of its head, and it's fully functional as yeah. well. It's yeah, it looks completely alien, to be fair. But I guess nature doesn't lie. So whether this is recessed into the, the cavity of the human brain over, I don't know, the course of evolution, who knows? I mean, I'm not savvy enough to work that out. But for whatever reason, it does appear somewhat dormant until we, I guess, ingest this otherworldly chemical compound past the blood-brain barrier in order for the, the third eye, I guess, to otherwise awaken. Now, on the screen, I don't know if you can see it, if it's come up yet, we've got a classic bust of Osiris. Yeah, we've got that, yeah. Yeah. So on the left-hand side, you've got what's described as the photoreceptor alignment, and they come in three colours, blue, green, and red. Green being the chief, and I guess the number one um, cone within excuse me, within the eyes and the pineal gland. And again, I, it's my, yeah, it's my contention that this, this green skin deity is actually more descriptive of depicting the, the functionality of the photoreceptors and the cone alignment within the pineal gland and the human eye. Um, as you can see on the right-hand side, we've got a breakdown of what these cones look like. And I'll probably butcher the pronunciation of the mitochondria, which is, again, um, for all intents and purposes, green in color. It's got a conical lamale, which would, um, again, seem to correlate alongside this odd or ill-fitting headdress. Um, and we also find that the, <coughs> excuse me, where the synapse is, around Osiris's neck collar, we've also got the alignment of red, green and blue to almost kind of reinforce the hypothesis as it were right wow but if you actually look at the brain stem as well um i'm not sure i've actually got an image here ready that's loaded up no i do apologize <laughs> but again everything um yeah <laughs> again everything looks absolutely allegorical opposed to taking this particular mythology at face value um and again oh you've you've extended the constellation of orion downwards there haven't you there we go this is where the naysayers i guess and my doubters came in and to to be fair um I, even though it was somewhat championed by graham hancock and supported um when he published my article uh, on his website I was, yeah, I mean, I was over the moon. I was chuffed that this kind of had a bit of momentum and what have you. But like I say, there were naysayers that were saying, well, with all due respect, the molecular structure of DMT, um, it, it's, its fundamental structure has what's known at the bottom part of the molecular structure as a hexagonal ring that's known as the benzene ring or the indole's benzene ring. Right. Um, and for, for the mythology to make more sense you would have to instead of looking on the left here and seeing the full trapezium to look on the right to make it pretty much a nailed down structure of as above so below you would have to expand the constellation of orion or be osiris to the constellation below it but to a certain extent without actually reading into the mythology and just writing a book saying oh look i've made it fit i've, I've, I've popped it into the constellation below it 
um, it fits. Maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong, I can or can't explain it. But if we actually, again, go further into the myth of Osiris, it's rather explicit in telling us to actually join Osiris in the sky, the constellation of Orion, with the constellation that's below it. And how this works is the constellation below it, we know today as Lepus, which is known as the hare or the rabbit in the sky. But the ancient Egyptians, excuse me, I'm going to take a sip of water. Follow the, the white rabbit. Egyptians knew this particular mythology or this constellation as Wenet or Unefer. Now, Wenet, we find, is, and I have an image here. Here we go. Wenet, just at the bottom, is a rabbit or a hare-headed deity that's synonymous with Osiris. So we now have Osiris as a hair-headed god. Um, and yeah, without yeah, without reading into the mythology like we're doing on this particular conversation, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. But what we find out through the myth of Osiris is what's known as or described as the mysteries of Abydos. Now in the mysteries of Abydos, we find that Osiris set sail excuse me on the what's known as the neshmet or the cosmic barge you can see that you see my cursor yeah yeah so that's your neshmet or the cosmic barge okay now within the constellation just below the constellation of orion here we see orion um embodied as osiris but what we what, what we need to do we need to basically assimilate osiris excuse me, Osiris, aboard the Neshmet, just like the, the mythology says. Now, the mythology is extremely specific, again, when it says, excuse me, one foot on the Neshmet. <laughs> <laughs> See where we're going? Yeah. One foot upon the Neshmet. Now, what, we got, what we've also got to do is, yeah, when this is a little bit out of context, but if we take his, his left or right foot, depending on the angle we're looking at it, and we actually pop it down to the brightest star known as Deneb or Alpha um, Leporis within the constellation, again, of Wenet, which we know is the top of the rabbit's head, we actually then complete what was known as the benzene ring. Yeah. Okay? Um, and it, that's, that's so this is the only weird. thing... It's this so is the only weird. thing that I can understand why Osiris would set foot first from being Osiris in the sky to be assimilated by setting foot upon the Neshmet. So we go from Orion, his feet, we set foot, we set foot, and we join the dots, okay? And once we've joined the dots, once again, we can find that we make the, the complete hypothesized benzene ring or, ben, in, ben, excuse me, Indole's benzene ring which would then give you, instead of the trapezium on the left-hand side, to complete the mythology in the footsteps of, of Osiris by setting foot upon the Neshmet and Alpha, excuse me, Alpha Leporis or Arneb and connecting them dots, we then create the perfect DMT molecule in the sky. But the rabbit hole, and yeah, in fact, I've just realized this, <laughs> yeah, there's probably a, a pun there somewhere. Uh, the rabbit hole thus deepens because what we find, can you see this? Yeah. Okay. So we've got Osiris in the sky. He's set foot upon the Neshmet. We've joined the dots. And within the mythology, he's, set, he, he's assimilated upon the Neshmet to cross the Nile. Okay. Now, 
the second brightest star in the constellation of Lepus or Wenet in the rabbit's head is called Nile. <laughs> and when we, again, when we add this particular star, um, excuse me, yeah, when we add this particular star to this particular constellation or Osiris in the sky, assimilated as Wenet or Unefa within the rabbit's head, and, oh, excuse me, journey across the Nile, we then complete serotonin in the sky. Now, the functionality of serotonin is, is produced, like we said earlier on, via the pineal gland during the day. And what its job is, is to create a, a general feeling of well, well-being and joyfulness within the human experience. Now, here's where it gets really strange. <laughs> Nile, or Beta Leporis, which we call it today, Nile is actually an ancient Sanskrit name. And it has a number of meanings. Right. The most common meaning is joyfulness and happiness. Serotonin. Serotonin. So what we're actually doing, we're fo by following the myth of Osiris, setting foot upon the Neshmet, joining the dots across the Nile, we then create the molecular structure of serotonin in the sky, whereby the names of this particular star clusters, this one in particular, Nile, is named after the functionality of the secretion within the pineal gland itself. That's bonkers. It blew me away. It still it's, does. It's strange how DMT and serotonin are so close together. It's, you know, so... Mm -hmm. you know, They're one molecular related. tweak away from being basically the same thing. One it's absolutely outrageous. Tweak. Wow, Absolutely that's like outrageous. water and hydrogen peroxide, though. So you can get some what very crazy similar, thing is, very different yeah, molecules. It hasn't yet been confirmed, but we've also got, I mean, we touched on the hippocampus and the myth of Pegasus and Zeus earlier on, but within the hippocampus, we've actually got the proverbial tools to create DMT. Um, whether that biosynthesizes at uh, 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 yeah, times during the day in order, in order for us to, I guess, think back and look through our mind's eye, um, and recall things, who knows? I mean, we're only at the beginning of this extremely deep diving rabbit hole, if you know what I mean. We're at the forefront of, of, of mythology and science. Um, and, and to be fair, prior to, even prior to, excuse me, prior, even prior to finding this particular, I believe it's a correlation before finding it out, I didn't know serotonin looked anything like DMT. <laughs> I had no idea. No idea. So it's not like I'm trying to sort of cherry pick, um, yeah, cherry pick stuff in order to kind of make it fit my hypothesis, if that makes any sense. Um, all I'm sorry, I'm, I'm losing you. Where am I? Can you see me on your screen? I've, I've got your slide up still. The um... No, I've lost you on mine. I've got a great big white screen that just says Zoom. Oh, gosh. That doesn't sound good, does it? Uh, yeah, you're still sharing screen, Rich. That's all right. According That's to all us. <laughs> I've probably got about an inch squared vision of you guys. <laughs> tiny Can little you see us? I'm boxes right now. <laughs> I'm What's this um, on the bottom image here? You've got this, this like, uh, it's like a crow's foot, and it's N with three H's going around it. What's that? Hey, bear with me. I'm trying to get up this screen. This is driving me a little. Ah, here we go. Here we go. 
story about this. As oh. I say, oh, I yeah, you've I'm, zoomed in there. Yeah. I don't even know how or why. It's hilarious. I'm frantically stabbing at all these buttons to make it work at the moment. It's, it's hilarious. Right. It's it's going worse. It's, it's same at our end. Zoom's frozen for us as well now. <laughs> right. Okay. So I've also had people say to me, <clears throat> excuse me, what is going on with the archer's bow? How come that doesn't really seem to fit into the equation or does it fit into the equation um but what we have are nitrogen and hydrogen compounds on here and the most simple way to express um it's known as the amines part of the tryptamines okay right and the most simplest um description of an amines molecular structure is described as ammonia and ammonia again for all intents and purposes if, um, I can't drag this over, but should we endeavor to drag this particular amines back over to the amines where we have the nitrogen and hydrogen molecules here, you'd create pretty much one, two, three, one, two, three with regards to the bow. Um, so they're being quite explicit with regards to what the molecular structures of this particular mythology may or may indeed not look like. If that right. makes any sense. So that's representing Orion's bow. But I mean, Osiris is Osiris known for being a an archer. What would what would that be? Well, you know, what would be the Egyptian um, analogy for what he's holding? Because is he, he often holds like a flail. Um, he holds a crook and flail. Yeah. yeah, a crook and flail. But what you'll actually um, I haven't got the imagery here. It's actually terrible. Um, the crook and flail actually appear to correspond with, I believe it's the, it might be the pons of the human brainstem, which appears to cross over. Um, well, if you bear with me, I'll stop sharing this and I'll actually open one up to make it look a little bit more. Oh, you've just completely. It's all right. Chill. It's fine. Fractalized, I guess the word is there. Yeah, it's all right. I, I rectified it. <laughs> happens all the time here. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh there's 33 people in the chat yeah that's ominous no, ominous I'm on, I'm on there apparently yeah yeah 30, <laughs> people make a big deal out of the number 33 that used to be my old racing number true story kill story bro that's why you nearly it is. died sorry <laughs> you nearly die podcast, no presentation here we go i should be able to find some of these now powerpoint where are we just want to make this a little bit more easier to understand, if you know what I mean, with regards to... Yeah, because, I mean, a lot of this is quite, you know, it's visual in its nature when you're talking Absolutely. about symbols and uh, chemical symbols and whatnot. It makes me wonder how these chemical symbols are derived, you know. Why find it. the shape that they are and... Uh, I should know the answer. I imagine if you went, you know, if you went down at a microscopic level, they're not going to look like perfect hexagons and pentagons. No, they never do. They never do. Um, I mean, they're, they're relatively uniform in shape, but with regards to, I guess, a scientific description, the, the, yeah, the hexagon, um, pentagons, excuse me, even trapeziums and what have you, um, yeah, they just make it a little bit more digestible and under, to understand with regards to, yeah, I guess, the microbiology of, of, of the makeup of what's actually going on with the chemical compounds in the brain. Right. Yeah, cool. But the funny thing is, I um again we've just sort of we've gone over the the myth of Osiris the myth of Wenet or Unifa the Osiris assimilated with a rabbit's head 
how we then find serotonin. Um, but what happens if we decide to marry Osiris by Isis in the sky? So Isis, we know, is recognized as Sirius. And Sirius was kind of, I guess, misrepresented or myth um, identified by the ancients. Um, it was it was confused with the morning star, Venus. And Venus, we know today, <coughs> with me, it's known as the light bringer. Also, Lucifer. Um, no demonic or what have you, angelic connotations there. Just known as the light bringer. And where are we? If we decide to add the chemical phosphorus, which is significantly related to the notion of light within the human body, what we do, can you see this or have I got a bar across the bottom? I've got I've got the top image, uh, Orion Osiris, and then the one with uh, Orion sort of outlined in green. Fantastic, fantastic. So if we oh. add phosphorus, if we add phosphorus to DMT, we create another rather magical constellation or molecular structure, let's say. Wow. We find that we have psilocybin in the sky. <laughs> so that's connecting the Orion constellation or Osiris. That, that's marrying Osiris with his wife, Isis. And Fucking Isis hell. was known as the brightest star in the night sky, Sirius. Sirius, for all intents and purposes, um, yeah, was confused with um, Venus. It was known as Phosphor. Uh, for quite some time, and that's where we get phosphorus from, um, from ancient Greek. But if we add phosphorus to the chemical uh, or the molecular structure of DMT, we create a rather magical substance, being um, psilocybin in the sky. That's rather, yeah, even more mind blowing. We find we have a temple in ancient Egypt which is dedicated to Isis in Philae, and the pillars um, rather decidedly look like mushrooms and mushroom spores. Oh, so you can see the gills there on the on the red bits, can't you? Yeah, the... absolutely, absolutely. Um, <laughs> and again, <laughs> it's mad, it's crazy. It still makes me laugh when I see it. But um, Isis herself was known as a a healer and a healer of the sick and a goddess of a million magical incantations. Now, if you think about 21st century science and how they've kind of U-turn with psilocybin and the um, yeah the the benefits for human brain functionality for those suffering depression and what have you, um, healer of the sick and magical incantations with pillows that are this excuse me pillars that again for all intents and purposes are describing probably psilocybin mushrooms. It's um, <laughs> Sorry, I've just read my own joke that's at the bottom of this. It's certainly a sight for spore eyes. I forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Where's the exit button? Terrible. I know. Can you just go back to that previous slide, Rich? The one with the... There we go. Look at that. That's... Right, so that's... So going to the chemical compound of psilocybin there on the left, so that bottom, it's like a cross that's been added on. 
So that cross is the chemical symbol for phosphorus, is it? For phosphorus there, yeah. So by Literally adding add- them to making what you might call a chemical wedding, alchemy, Absolutely. alchemy found chemical wedding, beautiful poetry. You, uh, you create that's so weird. <laughs> it's my chemical so romance. My oh, chemical nice. romance. <laughs> so weird, man. Yeah, and it gets weirder still. No, it gets weirder still. Evolve it. Uh, Stop <laughs> it now. Go on. So the myth of Osiris once again <laughs> appears to continue. We have known in ancient Egypt, most remember just the creator, uh, the creator deity, Amun, Amun Ra. We spoke of Amun and Amun's horns and the hippocampus earlier yeah. on. But there's also a another creator deity that's known as Sahu. And Sahu is known as the complete embodiment of Osiris and Lepus. Okay, so again, uh, metaphorical nod in the right direction to what may or may not be going on with the molecular, excuse me, the molecular makeup of DMT, albeit Osiris or, or, or Orion in the sky. But Sahu, we find, is the hidden one. Now, we also find throughout the myth of Osiris that DMT is, in fact, hidden within the acacia. We also find that Sahu is also synonymous with the incorruptible soul. Now, anyone that's done DMT will know exactly where we're going with regards to what the possibilities of a hereafter, an incorruptible soul, um, may or may not mean to, to everyday people. Yeah, to everyday people. I mean, if I hadn't had the, I guess, the proverbial DMT T-shirt, I would really have to take people's word for it. Um, and it wasn't until, I mean, I wrote Spirit in the Sky in, in 2017. I actually didn't try DMT the first time, probably until two, maybe three years later. Um, boy, <laughs> did my life change after I took that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, the incorruptible soul. Wow. I was for the best part of, I guess, 42, 43 years of my life. I was very, very adamant and stringent. The after my time here is up, it was fade to black, pile of bones, dust, nothing more. I hope you enjoyed the ride. Thank you for coming. Um, after trying DMT, yeah, flip that coin. Um, it's a complete 180. Um, my mindset has changed irreversibly, let's say, irreversibly. It seems to me that the DMT realm, DMT dome, DMT breakthrough space, hyperspace, whatever you will or won't call it, um, seems so overly and somewhat welcoming when these entities or Terence McKenna's DMT jesters and types welcome you back. Like, he's here, he made it, he came back, welcome. Um, what do you call them, Matt? The clockwork clowns. Clockwork clowns. <laughs> yeah, I believe. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But the thing is, is I mean, I t- again, <laughs> clowns we find throughout um, ancient rock art the globe over. Um, it doesn't matter where you are, what continent, um, how old, depending on. I mean, uh, these petroglyphs are. They're, ba- they're basically DMT jesters. <laughs> wow. there, there's, 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 there's no two ways about it. And I go, ex- yeah, I go quite on a bit of a deep dive into that when I'm uncovering this throughout searching for Osiris um, and the Tree of Life, which was the latest pub here. Hmm. Um, 
But again, it seems that the methodology of all these ancient cultures and societies were indeed practicing um, shamanic practices with entheogenic compounds, which can only be um, described as a DMT breakthrough, you know? Um, now, you mentioned that the acacia, the importance of the acacia. As far yeah. as, I mean, is there any existing because when i think of dmt and shamans i think of ayahuasca and as far as i know they use two or three specific plants i mean is there any evidence for egyptian shamans being able to harness the acacia for dmt extraction absolutely yeah absolutely we still find in abundance on the banks of the niles today um and again i'm going to butcher the pronunciation um nicotilla um yeah, tongue tied. But ancient Egypt and the banks of the Niles today is extremely abundant um, with acacia. And wow. again, it's I discussed this a lot more in depth in Searching for Osiris, but I, I think they were utilizing more than just the acacia as well. Right. Um, I think I think there's a, a, a very large possibility they were utilizing the common reed. Um, and I'll give a brief overview before yeah before we get back to sahu but excuse me the osiris when he was chopped up into a number of pieces and scattered across the land um he was missing what was known as his golden or shining phallus um which again i believe is an ancient axiom whereby we should keep searching for this phallus searching for osiris or the deeper meaning behind it and we find that the common, the most common reed that's abundant the world over is known as canary reed. But the canary reed is rich in DMT. It's rich in 5-MeO DMT. Um, and it's got extremely high, excuse me, extremely high potentials of extractable DMT within it. Now, we actually find that this phalaris grass or canary Grass is that so excuse me, butchered that canary grass is actually scientific's name, scientific name is phalaris grass. Now we're searching for Osiris's phallus as well. So there's an etymolo etymological link there. Um, but what we also find out is that Osiris was known to be missing his shining phallus, but the canary reed or the phallus grass is also known as the shown the shining reed. Wow. What a coincidence. What another coincidence, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> so, yeah. Mounting up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what kind of, I guess, cemented, I mean, I've, I'm actually writing part four of this particular site. So, I mean, yeah, if someone had told me I'd be writing a trilogy five years ago, um, again, I'd have probably scoffed a little bit and thought, yeah, probably not. Um, time for another fictional one or whatever. But, yeah, the more I seem to be looking into it and the, the, the deeper I dive into the rabbit hole, I guess, the more I'm uncovering with regards to coincidental, really, um, or methodical um, connections that seem to be pointing an extremely accusing finger back in the direction of DMT. Um, Sahu, as I said, it was known as the hidden one. We know that DMT is hidden within the acacia and, and uh, the, the shining reed or the phalaris grass, uh, respectively. We also know that the DMT experience may work, might, might, yeah, might be likened to an incorruptible soul. 
but we also find that Sahu was also known as the beautiful renewal. Now, we've also, in a, it's only probably about six months, maybe even eight months ago, it's, it's probably not even a year gone by, but we're actually connecting these dots as intended. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, we actually find out that DMT now promotes neurogenesis within the human brain. So basically, brain cells that are dying may well be renewed or indeed regenerated via endogenous DMT, hence beautiful renewal for assimilated creation, deity sahu, who again is synonymous um, with both Osiris and the mythology of Osiris in the sky and a constellation of Orion. So yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot stacking up here with regards to um, what the possibilities may or may not be with regards to an ancient axiom, the myth of Osiris rather directly point an accusing finger towards DMT, what this might be human experience and what our potential might be in this life and quite possibly, um, uh, yeah, a hereafter, you know? Um, I mean, my takeaway is I, I need to get on DMT to sort of, you know, Fix my brain. You should wait until you're 42 years old. Well, I've not got long to wait. Then oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Why wait? I want to regrow some cells. Yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, with regards to um, the likes of dementia um, and Alzheimer's and things like that, with regards to quite possibly, I don't know how many years it's going to be, but. I think science is rapping on the door of like DMT EpiPens for stroke victims that may or may not be needing to, I guess, not let their brain functionality shut down completely with regards to this beautiful renewal. Renewal. Well, we've um, all we've all seen that video of a chap who did he have? I think he might have had Parkinson's or vascular dementia or something, and his son puts puts a couple of drops of CBD oil. Mm. on his tongue and he just it's like flicking a switch i cried when i saw that it was beautiful it was amazing absolutely amazing um and again cannabis itself has been sort of um i guess demonized for yeah for for decades the war you know, on drugs mm. no it's crazy that's your brain on drugs exactly we'll remember the adverts growing up in the 80s and 90s you know yeah just saying oh and, just say no, just say no. But then you find out that the human brain is hardwired um, for these chemicals. You know, the endocrine system has cannabinoids. It's got yeah. an endo endocannabinoid system. You know, it's it's got, there's missing links in the human brain where we ingest this stuff. And it, I guess it's, uh, yeah, it creates the perfect chain. It kind of, it's like holding hands in the brain, if you know what I mean. It's like, man, I can help you out here, you know? <laughs> And again, why why do we why do we produce DMT endogenously in the human brain? I mean, it's the world's most psychedelic and wholly illicit drug known to man, really. Um, yet we produce it in the human body. What's going on? It's, there's got to be more to yeah the madness with regards to this demonized molecular structure and some purposes. Yeah, um, seems to be giving you a wider grasp of, I guess, a wider proverbial reality that might indeed exist all around us. I mean, as I say, the, uh, 
a bust of Osiris and the, 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 the photoreceptors and the, and the cones of the human eye and the pineal gland, it's, yeah, I think there's a lot to it. Um, and I don't think the Egyptologists are doing themselves any favours, excuse me, any favours by not so much poo-pooing it. They don't even want to entertain this stuff. No. You know? It's like they've got it under wraps. This is how it is. It's under lock and key. Um, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't make a lot of sense at all. Um, it makes, in my mind, it makes more sense that these myths have been built entirely entirely purposeful for, for, for people like ourselves today to try and understand what this is, what this is about. Mm. Um, it's, yeah, as I say, it's forever blown my mind and continues to do so. As I say, if someone had said to me a few years ago, I'd be writing my fourth book about this stuff, um, I would have laughed, but yeah, I'm I'm not gonna, you know, <laughs> I'm not gonna give the game away too much. But there's a North American mythology, <coughs> excuse me, that basically mirrors the Nile Valley, and they were practicing the same shamanic um, practices as the Nile Valley as well. Um, and again, for all intents and purposes, they are they're fundamentally talking about DMT. I mean. This image here, if you can see if it's come up on my right on your screen at all, yeah. we've got some pre-Columbian artifacts um, alongside kind of, I guess, famous DMT deity or jesters or clockwork clown images. Um, but yeah, we 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 know for a fact that these indigenous tribes, people, shaman, whatever you want to call them from yeah, from bygone days, were in fact practicing what we know today as anaden excuse me anadenanthria columbrina which is a psychoactive variety um, of seed which contains booth excuse me booth 5 mea and nndmt um so it looks like they were actually deifying their idols um i guess yeah <laughs> It, yeah, wow. from what they were seeing in the DMT realm. <laughs> um, and this goes all the way down, um, excuse me, the South American coast through Bolivia and Peru. Peru, yeah. Um, it, again, as I say, the deeper you dig into these sort of things, the the more profound it gets. We've got the Vilca seeds um, here. We've got the Vilca seeds on what's known, as, I think it's called the Ponce monolith. But we can see that it's actually holding here. We've got, excuse me, a snuff pouch. We've got tubes for ingestation, <laughs> um, for snorting it. Um, you've got a deity here um, on the on the sun gate in Tiwanaku, who again, for all intents and purposes, I mean, I've, I've, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've met this guy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Rich, that, this, that down at the bottom right, next to the seeds, the far bottom right image. That looks very much like the Temple of Man, the um, the Luxor. Is it the Luxor <laughs> oh, Temple? Bro, bro. Oh wow! No, yeah. I love that. Wow. Have you ever? Have you ever... <laughs> no, that does. That looks. That looks like. That looks like Ra Schwarzenegger. Yes, yeah. that's it. That is man in motion. Wow. But that's South America, and and Luxor's in Egypt. No, and, and those these civilizations absolutely. never met and were never connected in any kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> well, they appear to have the same um, thought process because what we've got here is known as the Southern Crux. 
um, which is one of the most, excuse me, predominant constellations in the night sky in the Southern Hemisphere. And yeah, the, the brightest star in this particular um, constellation is known as Mimosa. And Mimosa is a variety of, excuse me, of Acacia. And we also find that the Southern Crux has been, I, I guess, I, icon, iconogonized. Oh, there's a word there. I'm kind of making up new words. Iconified? Iconography. Iconographied yeah. as what's known as the Inca Chicana symbology. Now, it's central to Inca cosmology um, because it's a, it's basically a Quechua word. And it's, um, Kachai translates as to cross or to bridge, okay? Right. Now, the symbol is often, I'm going to read, literally just read this off the screen, but the symbol is often constructed in such a way that only half of it protrudes from architectural structures across the continent. The cross is thus completed by its shadow created by the shadow representing the non-material, the non-material world. Wow. So what they're actually giving us keys to with regards to an as above, so below mythology, just like the Nile Valley, and having their stars named after the molecular structure of the substances that they're ingesting to meet their deified creations. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot more to go on here as opposed to throwing it away saying, no, it's all just, <laughs> it's all here. So what you're talking about, do you know what I mean? But again, in... It's primitive. So, That's the, the usual word. It's primitive. We're so much more sophisticated these days. Unbelievably. Unbelievably. And again, you talk, you spoke about ayahuasca within um, the Amazon rainforest as well. And you asked, um, yeah, you asked the, the, the indigenous people, the shamans, um, the Quechua people, and they say, well, out of the 80,000 plus sort of botanical variety throughout the Amazon, <coughs> excuse me, how did you come to create ayahuasca with the root of one and the leaf of another, you know? Um, and they just say, well, the plant. So again, the plants told us. The plants told us. Yeah. It's crazy. And when you ingest these plants, my word, they, <laughs> they, they, they really give you, I mean, again, I've, I've had a couple of real psychological beatdowns on, yeah. on DMT, you know. Oh, I feel a little bit brave today. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the DMT pipe and try and get this proverbial T-shirt before I write sort of book number two. And there I was on my balcony. I've been I've I've hit the pipe once, twice, three times. Okay, I'm not I'm not breaking through at the moment. Okay, so I've got some changa here. Now changa is basically um it's, it's basically the most a root bark that's infused with DMT crystals. So I've actually had a pipe of Changa next to my DMT pipe as well. And yeah, like an absolute idiot, there's me saying to myself, well, the three hits, the four hits, man, what's going on? Maybe maybe my crystals aren't up to it. I've not kept them fresh enough. I'm going to hit the Changa. So I've hit the Changa, nothing. I've hit the Changa again, nothing. I'm thinking, wow, what's going on? Um Am I, am I doing something wrong? Am I burning all this away? Um, I've hit the pipe again. And then the changa crept up on me like, um, I, don't know, I don't even want to try and describe it. It was terrifying. It was absolutely terrifying. Um, I actually thought my, yeah, my partner was going to come home with my son and find the first person to ever overdose on DMT on the balcony, right. you know? Yeah. Um, 
pixelated. I meshed into the the um, the tiles around me. I actually <laughs> felt it, it was crazy. Game. My my brain and soul was kind of cascading cascading backwards and free falling out of. Um, whilst at the same time, I had these pixelated jesters again, sort of running through my window at me, laughing, going, oh, you've done it now. Now we've got you. Now we've got you. You wait until you see what's on the other side. Um, It was absolutely terrifying. I was literally clinging to the brickwork, thinking, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. No, it was far too. It was far too late. It was far too late. And again, what what I saw wherever I went, um, it completely shattered my worldview um, and outlook on what reality facts be regarding a bigger picture. I mean, we spoke about eyes um, and light and stuff like that, but the light that we actually, that we're privy to, that makes up around us only makes up for something like 0.0035% of the um, the spectrum of light that's that's actually available to us. I mean, if we're getting a, a hundred of a sliver of what's around us, I mean, what are we missing, you know? What what else is out there? I mean, again, for I've described this kind of thing before, just like with regards to the ether and the internet. We can't see this information around us, but it's there, you know? You pull your phone out, the Wi-Fi reception, every single, every, oh, cracky, any question known to man can be answered via what's going on, in, which is kind of floating around us um, on a daily basis, but we can't see it, but the information's there, you know? And I think that Sometimes on a DMT experience, I think we kind of become a little bit more privy to, I guess, the proverbial bigger picture um, of, of, of what's out there. And again, it is, as terrifying as it is, uh, I guess, walking that particular walk down the DMT breakthrough experience, as terrifying as it is, um, coming out and, and, and feeling, I guess, seeing the eyes excuse me, seeing the world with new eyes again, it, it, it's absolutely mind-blowing. And it's it's completely shattered my worldview and flipped my world upside down, just like a fresh prince, man. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, so boys, when are we doing it? Uh, well, we need to get ourselves a pipe first, don't we? <laughs> make one out of an apple, I've heard. <laughs> I've, oh, I was wow. just thinking when you were telling that story about the guy who accidentally uh, found LSD and cycled home, and he had like a yeah. similar experience because he took a massive dose of it, didn't he? Um, That's and uh, yeah, he was like completely melted by it as well. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like uh, Aldous Huxley describing how he got lost in the folds mm. of his corduroy trousers. <laughs> On uh, that was L- that would have been LSD. The, your, the yeah. Oh, or uh, what was the other one? Ketamine? No, not ketamine. I oh, mescaline. 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 Oh, mescaline. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Well, again, mescaline's derived. Am I right from um, the peyote? Peyote cactus. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah I went to... and, and the San Pedro as well. And San Pedro is St. Peter, and St. Peter holds the keys to the gates of heaven. So. Yeah. Well, bloody hell, Rich. This has been mind-blowing. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's been fun, and I've absolutely appreciated every minute of it. It's been it's been great fun. I'd love, just like how 
kick back and relaxed you guys are. You know, it's nice to nice to shoot the breeze and have a bit of banter as well at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Because sometimes yeah. it's a little bit, man, this is too much. This is too much information. What's going on? But if you can break it up a little laugh every now and again, mm-hmm. it's always extremely welcome. So I, I do. No, it's been absolutely great. I mean, um, the links in the show notes uh, for your YouTube channel and your Amazon page, uh, author Thank page, so where people can pick the book up. Is there, um, because I'm just conscious that we've, we've gone over time. I don't want to keep you keep you longer than we, we uh, agree. We can wind this up and we can pencil it in again somewhere down the road because, to be fair... Yeah, what, what are you doing next Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like um, we could talk for hours and hours because we yeah. haven't, we've only really just touched on psych, like the actual psychedelic experience. and No, exactly. And... Uh, you know, this... and I've only tiptoed around the search and excuse me, tiptoed around spirit in the sky as well. Yeah. Again, um, and again, uh, well, we can we can do a whole podcast on deities, myth, and trips. I mean, again, sounds hilarious, blowing me on trumpet, but I actually reread this that, um, on a trip going down to see my son on the south coast recently, and I was like, dude, who wrote that? That's wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, man, yeah, you know, these creative entities kind of take over when you get your mojo, do you know what I mean? They say writer's block and stuff like that, but there's times where you start penning stuff like this and you just get lost and then you read some of the stuff back and you're like, man, I didn't even know I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> but mm, well. Downloading this stuff, you know? Yeah, people talk about that, getting a download. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, no, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure, Ben, Matt and Phil. It's been brilliant. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk again, liaison, for sure. If, if, you, if you want to do this again, we'll, uh, we'll find a time and date and it'll be yeah. great fun. Absolutely, yeah. It's been fantastic, Rich. We'll, 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 uh, we'll close up this section and uh, just say thanks, Rich. Thanks for joining us. It's yeah, been fascinating. Been. Mm. There's been loads of stuff going on in the chat. I've not even paid a single... No. Bit of attention to it because it's just been fizzing. damaged. It's been fizzing. <laughs> it's been fizzing, yeah. Uh, it's nice people have been commenting as well. So oh, yeah. when you drop it, um, could... yeah, it'd be nice to see some of the comments come up in bits and pieces. And maybe if they're asking <laughs> questions when you float it on YouTube. Oh, there was a question. Was questions there? for people on that as well. So that'd be wonderful. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Stay on the line for us for a minute, Rich, while we play ourselves out. And uh, you lot watching live, we'll see you back in mm, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and we'll do some news. Got lots of funny stuff to do this week. You'll love it. All right. Right, fantastic. See you in a bit. Ta-ra! Uh-huh. Supposed to be uh, better get on with it, haven't we? Get on mm. with it. Yes, get on with it. What's <laughs> that guy's name? John Cleese. Oh, <laughs> no, the, the character. There are some who call me Tim. Tim. <laughs> Tim the Enchanter, man. Tim the Enchanter. Gosh. Is it Graham Hancock? Fuck Graham Hancock. <laughs> Stick was in the chat before. He was, did yeah. you see? He was, wasn't he? Yeah, we were discussing butt plugs. Ooh, <laughs> did you? Did look look a little bit like a book plug, didn't it? Yeah, <laughs> three colours. Can I get an amen for that? Can I get an amen for the book plug? Hold mm. up. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I, this is me when I put one in. Oh! <laughs> yeah, it's there, right on the prostate. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> 
come on, we need to get on with this shit come show. On. It's no, five do. to ten. We've got. A... Call me papers. Oh, I've got no. papers to do. Happy three. <sighs> How many papers? En français. Yeah. <sighs> right then, we're back. The dwarf, the cripple, and the mother of mindfulness. Ooh, yeah, that's me. Yeah, we said we'd be bad, didn't we? Last week. We literally never lied to you. Promise made, promise delivered. <laughs> I got some clips from Tory Party Conference oh, this week. Oh, God, I can't. Oh, yeah, man. Set your cringe factor to obliviate. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't handle it. Oh, I can't handle my shit. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, that was our chat with R.N. Voot. That was most enlightening, mind-blowing, I would say. Voot. Mm. Yes, yeah, it was good. He's going to turn us down so we're not blasting everyone's eardrums. Yeah. Yeah, I was sort of, uh, that was me sort of leaning in for you two to maybe fill while yeah, I tweet the audio sayings rather than just highlight exactly <laughs> what I'm doing. Well, can't he see this? No. No. We've not even uh, said okay. we're back, though. We are yes, back. Yes, the <laughs> mother of mindfulness. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. That was our chat with RMV. That was my lead in. And then nothing. Who? <laughs> <laughs> 1987. I, I enjoyed it. Goals. Nice. I enjoyed our RMV. It was great. Uh, we definitely the, want to get Rich Barton. There was some uh, crazy coralies going on there. Coralies? Yeah, coralies. Corona borealis. Yeah, going on with all those uh, crazy uh, molecules. Yeah. A lot going on and more to dive into. And uh, I, I'm going to grab the the second two books in the series and chew them up. Digest them. Chew them up, digest them. And okay. uh, I'm sure I'll enjoy them. Nice. Yeah. Right, links in the show notes to, uh, to check out Rich's work and uh, follow up. Let's move on. Might have to chop one. I think we'll just do two this week. <laughs> Capital letters, a big news story. Headlines of the week. First story. Woman reveals mm. she had to clean boyfriend's manhood every week. I to, have a question. <laughs> to clear 20 years of build-up. Yes. However... She was clearing it every week. You wouldn't get twenty years of build-up, would you? Unless it was okay. We need some more clarity, don't ah, we? That's what I'm let's, requesting. Let's hear it from the horse's mouth. Deets. The woman in question. Oh, no, I had to clean my partner's penis for three years. <gasps> Excuse me. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? This is from uh, an Australian radio show I mean... called Triple J. How desperate was she? That she had to, you know, be with a man that. Penis was covered in maybe, smegma. Maybe it was Andrew Tate. And oh, he, right. he just owned that bitch. That's what he goes on about, doesn't he? He wanks on about. Yeah, probably. Some of the sick stuff you see on those forums with, you know, I've seen some screenshots of conversations these men have and really? the way they talk about women. It's pretty horrific. 
Anyway, that's a sidetrack. Let's continue with the light-hearted story <laughs> of a cheesy penis. Hey, Andrew give us more takes. detail, please. Like the foreskin on his penis didn't come back all of the way. We'd gone to a doctor and everything and they couldn't really do anything to help it. And he got very funny about that sort of situation, like touching his penis and sort of stuff like that. So I had to use lube and a Q-tip to clean 20-something years of build-up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God! <laughs> why wouldn't he do it himself? Yeah, why was he so phobic of it? It's just the whole situation of, like, his penis just freaked him out. Wouldn't masturbate to that point. Like, that's how bad it was. Hang on, hang on. He didn't want to touch his own penis. His penis freaked him out and he wouldn't masturbate. How is, she, how is this man in a relationship then? <laughs> I don't know. Platonic. Plus cleaning of penis. Was it Plato? Plato did it. A plate of cheese. I don't believe a doctor would say there's nothing we can do. Wouldn't they give him a... Well, you could wrist? have a... Uh, uh, if you have a tight foreskin, you can get a... a not a vasectomy. <laughs> a circumcision. You get some darts put in. <laughs> that's, what it, that's what I asked for. I've heard of this condition of a... Of a tight foreskin. An unretractable... I mm. can't remember what it's called. I should have. I should have Tiny foreskin syndrome. <laughs> TFS. Yeah. Massive bell syndrome. <laughs> MBS. I think. Um, I think the doctor wouldn't have said, "There's nothing we can do." Here's a Q-tip. Nah, he's probably. He said, "These are your options. You can have a circumcision." He's gone. Fuck that! I just have a cheesy dick for the rest of my life oh, <laughs> and never masturbate. Wow. wow. Might have got put down to me for three years to clean it. Oh. Are you retarded? Oh, my goodness. I don't know why I was maintaining it. Why? I'm just like, like yeah. <laughs> you were trying to process that this was a job in your relationship to, like, clean your boyfriend's foreskin I know. with a Q-tip yeah. for him every week for three years. Just once a week. I wonder if it's building up. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, most people shower daily. Yeah, so that's like an everyday job, isn't it? Yeah, the the smelly triangle. <laughs> what, what, what's the triangle coming? Armpits. Oh, from the armpits to the to, crotch. To the genitalia, smelly bridge and anus. Right. All right. Yeah. Lint. Lint build-up is an issue. Yeah. yeah. You know, have to empty your dryer. <laughs> Your lint filter. Well, what's that? The smelly bridge. <laughs> don't know. Right. Okay. Good blood. Don't forget to wipe your arsenal. Wipe your arsenal. I mean, I, I just <clears throat> it just beggars belief, doesn't it? That someone <laughs> yeah. with with a with twenty years of smegma stuck behind his foreskin. I want to hear the other side of the story. <laughs> yeah, I imagine he wouldn't be willing to go on national radio. No, and shame him to discuss his bell. He would. He'd just go and say, "Hi, I'm Phil from the Amish Inquisition." <laughs> <laughs> I have a massive bell end. <laughs> I can't retract my foreskin. Yeah, surely to just get like a cigar cutter or something. <laughs> All right, let's move on with that image. Why? I don't know why this is so tiny. No, tiny headline: <laughs> photograph of China's women's 100 meter hurdles winner. Hugging another Chinese athlete at the Asian Games is censored in their homeland. But can you figure out why? So here's the picture of the photo that's censored. So this photo was censored uh, nationwide in China. Can you I know. Yes. Go Got on. it. 
Is that the date of the Tiananmen Square massacre? 6th of April or 4th of June? Bingo, yes. Oh. A photo of Chinese athletes <laughs> Lin Huey hugging her opponent Wu Yani at the end of the 100-metre hurdles race has been censored in their home country. Yet Lin was victorious in the race at the Asian Games in Hangzhou and in an emotional moment embraced her fellow Chinese athlete. However... After only a few hours, the image was removed by Chinese media or edited due to the reason many sports fans wouldn't even have contemplated. The two athletes raced in lane six and four, as shown in the photo. Uh, by the numbers they were wearing, Beijing has outlawed the numbers on social media. Due to the link to the date of the Tiananmen Square massacre, June 4th, 1989, when Chinese troops shot dead hundreds of pro-democracy protesters. So I thought that was interesting. Mm. There, uh, it's weird. It kind of highlights how paranoid they are. Yeah, how paranoid. Like we can't have the numbers six and four <laughs> in close relation because of the. We're the so incident. worried that this one point four billion people who we have under the thumb might say, "Oi, you twats! Mm. Maybe we won't have this shit anymore." And yeah. uh, that's generally how communism ends. Mm. The end of a noose for the people who perpetrated it. Yeah. But I wouldn't condone such behavior. All protests should be peaceful and nonviolent. Right, okay. Literally, a communist hoodies are available yeah. in the Amish loot chest. Yeah. You should be like <laughs> the guy with the shopping bags in front of the tank. Yeah. That was the famous image, wasn't it? Mm, yeah. Student. That was a shoot, yeah, student protest, wasn't it? That's mm. how it started, I think. Yeah. Anyway. I think that's. I think we'll skip the last headline. It's about. Um, I've thrown it away now. I'll just. I'll just. <laughs> it see no longer exists. It. It exists in the ether. Mm. I shall just throw it up quickly, just to remind myself what it was. Oh, travel as we know it could be on the brink of extinction by 2040, with Mallorca and Greece too hot to handle, and the Maldives nearly fully submerged a decade later. Well, I, I've travelled. I've been to none of those places, so I'm sure I'll be fine. <laughs> I'm sure it would be fine. It's. Um, the, what was interesting about this is that it's all uh, Agenda 2030 stuff about eliminating air travel and stuff. Mm -hmm. What's interesting is um, both the Daily Mail and the Independent pick this story up. So the left wing and the right wing mm. uh, newspapers pick this story up. And he had a list of fucking, I've got seven different things that they highlighted in the articles about. Oh, that's a deep dive. How you mm. will, well, it's just from the article. I mean, you know, you got to hand it to... I'm not particularly a fan of the Daily Mail, but they have long articles with a lot of information in them. They do sometimes, yeah. So occasionally. So, you know, it is what it is. Mm. Oh, I just can't stop thinking about that first headline. Cheesy Bellend. Unbesmegging leavable. Nice. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, let's see what's going up next. First on BBC One. Taste the biscuit. <laughs> Taste the goodness of the biscuit. Housekeeping. Taste the Housekeeping. honey sauce. Taste the goodness of the biscuit. With the... This is a value for value podcast. If you find this podcast valuable, please consider returning some value. There's... Uh, a myriad of ways of returning value. This podcast runs via the auspices of the value-for-value value proposition, and it runs thusly. There is no um, 
Patreon bonus content, no paywalls, no breaks every 20 minutes to shout out the latest sponsor. Mm -hmm. It's free and available always. And for this to work, we need people to return some value if they gain some value for it. And my favorite way of actuating value towards us is by (laughs) doing a rather erotic cough into your groin. (laughs) Well, Ben just did. Uh, Telling people about this, word of mouth, sharing links, getting more people to listen if you think they would find value provided by the shit show, let them know. I (laughs) feel... <laughs> you should go onto our YouTube and Do you need uh, a drink, subscribe. Ben? No. He's had three. I've had three <laughs> drinks. Three drinks have been had. The triumph. Three shall be the number of drinks. <laughs> I don't have anything that is an alcoholic left, I'm afraid. It's fine. It's fine. Um YouTube. Subscribe, comment, like, drops the line. Um hit the bell. It says here. Oh no, don't hit the bell. <laughs> hit the cheesy bell on there. Uh, on YouTube. Gouge his eyes. Gouge his eyes! Mm. With the podcast. Yeah. How, how else can you uh, drop your your uh, eavesdropping proclivities? You could leave us a review, couldn't you? You, you could can. leave us a review, and then we could read it out if we don't see it. Yep. Next. Um, you can join the Element server. And there's lots of things you can do on the Element server. You can see a link to the Element server in the show notes or on the website, um, which is the Army Inquisition at... <laughs> you got your emails. I got my the, emails your, in the website. Well, well, words mixed up then. The yeah. email is thearmistinquisition at gmail.com. Yeah. And the website is thearmistinquisition.com. <laughs> it's not difficult. No, it's just a silly to boy. Um, you And then in the, the elements of you can uh, leave us news articles, videos, audio stuff. Uh, you can request a birthday shout-out. You can make a guest suggestion. You can ask for some focused chi. Um, you could also buy some merch from us. Like... Yeah, from the Amish Loot Chest. Ooh. Mm. This is our online store. I've got some... Oh, here's a, an example. You are the carbon they want to reduce. That's mm. the newest design. We've got uh, <laughs> Bacon Nuts t-shirt, if you're a Francis yeah. Bacon Nut. With the mug, three weeks to flatten the earth, mm-hmm. provided by Lee from the Big Conspire podcast. That, that design. one, I've noticed, goes up to 5XL, and the others only go up to 3XL. Oh, There's well. demand. I'll tell you what it is, though, because that is a classic T, it says there oh, under the title. If we skip back. Um, that is a mug. <laughs> that's a premium T. I see. So that's I why. See. Most of the T-shirts are available in different price points. If you want, want a, a specific size, drop us a line on Element and we will make it so. Yeah. Make it so. Literally a communist hoodie. Logo t-shirt. Oh, sign uh, up for the newsletter as well. Oh, yes. Oh, if you sign up for the newsletter, it comes out the first of every month, you'll get a 10% discount code for the merch store. Yeah. Which is nice. But, you know, the best way is to... Artwork. Yeah. Show, show artwork. <laughs> yeah, you can send us show artwork. No submissions this week, so I had to knock this one up off the YouTube thumbnail. But yeah, we encourage people who listen, if you're of the artistic bent, maybe you're familiar with the GIMP or the Photoshop, Mm. to uh, provide some artwork for us, and we will use it in the the podcast. When it comes up on Spotify, your artwork will be there. Mm. Uh, Right. Is that it? Is there any other ways to become a producer? 
there is another way. And, you know, it's our 300th episode next week. So if we were to happen upon £300 worth of donations uh, in this coming week... That would what would be... you do? Would you watch yourself live I, on stream? I think I'd go hatless for episode 300. Whoa. Oh, wow. Yeah, that'll get him pouring in. Yeah. Well, let's see. <laughs> 300 pennies. Toss us. <laughs> At once. That's Toss something. a coin. Toss a coin to your witcher. Yes, do it for the lads. 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 Because we have luxurious beards. Luxuriant beards. Luxuriant beards. Don't. If you go to thearmistinkrishian.com, look in the show notes, you'll find a a PayPal button there, a PayPal link, and you can give us a one-off donation or sign up for a monthly recurring sustaining donation and help us keep the lights on. Only you fuckers out there can save Save Plotland and keep the shit show going. Right, I've thrown my notes away. I should uh, get the producer list because it's time, isn't it? It's time to big up the man Dems, yo. It's uh, time to thank the producers for episode 299. That's the wrong sheet. Who have we got? Producers, we've got uh, Johnny Fogg, who sent us a message. Grab some beers for the upcoming 300 show. So thanks, Johnny. Uh, Helen, Emma Bridges, Alia and Lee from The Big Conspire. Thank you. They are. Yeah. So amazing in their... Oh, Willie G. Love and literally the best mate. Because I'm literally a communist. The Karags, the Greek, the doctor of thugonomics, the homophobe, the wind, the giant fucking lenses, the chest feeding, communist, the base sigma chad, the baby penis, inner asshole, these clockwork clowns, the dime bar, your line dog face pony shoulders, the leather, the bean gun on the bus, the blind man. Big Chungus, the cripple, and the mother of... Money bickering! From hell. Bring it on. <laughs> Are you retarded? I don't get it, never will. How dare you? Fucking vegan. Yeah, thanks for your support for another week. And uh, if you want to become a producer, check out the links in the show notes, or that link that says, how do I become a producer? Spells it out. All there. And uh, you get a credit in the show notes. These credits are real. You can put it on your CV, your curriculum vitae, your LinkedIn profile. Podcast producer for episode 299. Hey, how sweet would it be to be a producer of episode 300? Oh, you'd get hey, business hey, yeah. cards made, I think. Yeah, mm. it might be worth... Uh, I'm not trying to twist anyone's arm or anything. <laughs> you know. We are. <laughs> okay, end of show ISOs. What do I have? I have one, two, three potential end of show ISO clips. Okay, here's number one. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Oh, sounds frantic. Don't like it. No. I quite enjoyed that. It's from this uh, this video clip. I'll play it in its entirety. Thanks, Jiper. Thank you. Bye bye, Jiper. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. 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 I enjoyed that. Nice. Yeah. Uh, next we have oh, stand up and fight. Stand up and fight. Ha <laughs> ha! Mordant. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay. No. <coughs> no, yeah, I like it better than bye. All right, then. Well, it's, it's probably going to be the winner then. Thank you and goodbye. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Goodbye. Who's that? Thank you very much. Have a great day. Goodbye. Yeah, I enjoyed the last one. Mm. I like the first one and the last one. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. He's laughing. Right, I, I prefer the first one. Yeah, I prefer I like the first, the first one. one then. <laughs> it's a two to one vote. Although it is cleaner audio, you know, my audio production head says that. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Goodbye. That's Who's just far that? cleaner. You have them both. You make the rules. No. no. <laughs> Who is it? Right, first one. First one. It's the first one. Who's who's doing the last one? Do we know? Katie Hopkins. Oh, God. Right, first one. <laughs> Um, all right. Shall we move on? Shall we move to the annual cringe cringe fest that is uh, Tory party conference? Go on then, if we have to. I watch this shit, shit so you don't have to, you know. <clears throat> and uh, who who went viral first? So it was Penny Mordaunt who went viral first. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a clip of her, her speech here. Have you got the pointing? Swordswoman. Yes, I certainly have. I think there's a bit of a theme. There's a lots of pointing. Have a they all theme. been seeing the same speech uh, trainer? I don't know. No, I think she's got her own. It's it's uh, John Travolta <laughs> <laughs> in uh, that BG film. Saturday, Saturday Night, Night Fever. Fever. Yeah, there is a theme. Uh, I'll see if you can if you can pick it out. I may assist you with a sound effect here or there. Stand up and fight for the freedoms we have won against socialism, whether it is made of velvet or iron. Have courage and conviction, because when you do, you move our countrymen, our communities, and capital of all kinds to our cause. Stand up and fight, because when you stand up and fight, the person beside you stands up and fights. And when our party stands up and fights, the nation stands up and fights. And when our nation stands up and fights, other nations stand up and fight. And they stand up and fight for the things upon which the entire progress of humanity depends. Freedom. Mm. That is what conservatives do. That is what this nation does. Have courage. Bring hope. Mm. Stand up and fight. Stand up and fight. Thank you, conference. All filler, no killer. Bizarre, wasn't it? Yeah, Yeah, that was a weird speech to give. Yeah, in non war times. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose there is a war in Ukraine, but I I lost count of how many times I hit the bell there. Yeah, it was a lot. A A lot of fighting. Did she ad lib that? And fight. Did she ad lib that? Did the autocue break? She can't have written that. Sure. No, surely not. Well, obviously, no, she doesn't write anything. She has speech writers, but surely a professional speech writer wouldn't have written that. Terrible. 
It wasn't great, was it? No. no. I mean, it, it, yeah. Is it hair or is it the speech? Bit of both, 50-50. Mm. Yeah, I don't have a problem with hair. Mm. What about the pointing? The pointing is, is aggressive. You're supposed to do and this, aren't you? That's how they normally do it. That's yeah. that's how Gove would do it. He's <laughs> supposed to do that because apparently pointing is too aggressive. That's what they get told when they do the public speaking training. Well, well let's see. Fighting. Let's see. Mm. Promise made, promise delivered. Oh, what the hell was that? <laughs> Crab claws. <Vulcan. laughs> <laughs> promise made, promise delivered. Is he off the booze these days then? No, we'll give over. He's quit the booze, but not the coke. <laughs> yeah. Has he quit the buttered sausages? Though? Let's talk about buttered <laughs> sausage. Uh-huh. Mm. I don't know. So yeah, that was pretty. If you thought that was cringeworthy, check this out. That's that... the whitest video I've ever seen. <laughs> Is that a group of spads on the night out from the conference? I think they're probably not even a sp- not even spad. Far too young for that. Spuds. <laughs> Give me something for the cringe and let me die. <laughs> yeah. yeah, horrific. But you know. Fuck me. Yeah. So anyway, moving on from uh, from Mordaunt, I also did you the favour. I sat through the Chancellor's speech. So oh. you didn't have to, yeah. Which How long that? was that? Chancellor, what's the, what's he called? Jeremy uh, Hunt. First up after the news, I'm going to be talking to Jeremy Cunt, uh, Hunt, the culture secretary, about... <laughs> Any excuse to play this. Any excuse to play this compilation. And the health secretary, Jeremy Cunt, Jeremy Hunt, is also expected to apologise. Circumstances changed. Mr Cunt, Mr Hunt had to... The health secretary, Jeremy Cunt, uh, Hunt, according to... The health secretary, Jeremy Cunt, Q, uh, Jeremy Hunt. Jeremy Cunt had... Jeremy Hunt is left. Just behind... Jeremy Cunt, uh, Jeremy Hunt. The paper says the health secretary, Jeremy Cunt, Hunt. Jeremy Cunt, Hunt. Jeremy Cunt, Hunt. Jeremy Cunt, Hunt. <laughs> a, A, and Jeremy Hunt. The man that you're backing, Jeremy Cunt. I'm so sorry, Jeremy Hunt. I've never said that before in my life. It's bullshit. <laughs> bullshit, Victoria Derbyshire. <laughs> Every Saturday night. It's usually men who say that. We're waiting to hear from Jeremy Cunt. Oh, yeah, it's usually men who say that. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, she is a cunt. Wow. Secretary Jeremy Cunt. Health Secretary Jeremy Cunt. <laughs> Just wait. My favourite is the BBC Radio Lancashire woman. <laughs> it's like long wave radio. Jeremy Cunt. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't correct. <laughs> Cunt. Looks like Jeremy Cunt. Jeremy Cunt. Jeremy Cunt. Jeremy Cunt. The Health Secretary Jeremy Cunt has. In the last couple of minutes, we've heard from the Foreign Secretary. What has Jeremy Hunt said? That's right, Jeremy Cunt. Jer- Jer- Jeremy Cunt, the, the <laughs> Hunt. <laughs> Personally, I think people should just grow up. I totally get it. Now, fuck off. I'm not growing up. I'm going to play that clip forever. Yeah, do you think <sighs> it's like everyone's thinking, don't say cunt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they all say it. There's psychology involved. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a freebie. It's a freebie. Uh, they know they can say it on air. They're not going to get sacked. Yeah. If, if, he, if, you know, if uh, Victoria Derbyshire mm. on her live broadcast just says, you're a cunt... I yeah. said she's sacked. Mm-hmm. Whereas... Now here's Rishi the cunt Sunak. <laughs> exactly, oh, yeah. sorry. I mean Rishi Sunak. <laughs> yeah. Whereas where she can slip in Jeremy Cunt, 
And then say, like, I've said cunt live on the BBC, yeah. whatever. Mm. I think I think there's some and part of what you're saying is that it's in people's subconscious to not do this. Yeah. And so it, it forces its way out. And he is a cunt. Well, of course, well, you know. What's the what's the clip? God. I'm trying to find the uh, Was there any was there actually anything in it of substance or is it just oh, awful Yes, but I, I was just trying awful to find awful substance. Filth. Are you trying to find where it is or something else? Hi, oh, can I get a flat white, please? Of I was just trying to find that one, just to, you know, whatever. Mm. But yeah, um, I, I got a couple of clips from his from his speech, not a long speech, and um, he starts by rattling off a few reasons why the people of Manchester, the party conference was in Manchester mm. this year, uh, and why they should be so grateful <laughs> to him and his party. And it's great to be in Manchester. Since 2010, this great region has seen unemployment halve, nearly 200,000 more jobs, and six new tech unicorns. What's a tech unicorn? <laughs> What's a tech unicorn? It's like a... Isn't it a term for a business startup that's just fucking excellent? That's, well, does, it have, does it have one horn? It does. It's, that's does why it, it's a, and it poos rainbows. <laughs> does it? Um, does it mean something that is making loads of money and employs loads of people on minimum wages? I think yeah. It's something. Is it an unlikely success or one of a kind? Some bullshit. I don't. The, the short answer is, I don't care. Right. <laughs> I wonder if it's to do with Amazon then, because Amazon opened a huge uh, Amazon definitely aren't warehouse. Oh, yeah. They but are one. Aren't. <clears throat> no. Have you not heard? Well, this is going off on a tangent. All the. <laughs> I think. What's he called? Is it something? Ferra- Ferrari. Ferrari? On LBC. Nick. Nick Lolo. Fer- Lolo Ferrari. Yeah. Um, it was like taking something to pieces about. They were saying about increasing the number of trains in the north between, sorry, Manchester and Sheffield. And he said, we wanted to quadruple the number of trains between Manchester and Sheffield. And he looked, started looking into all these things that were rattling off. And apparently there's something like five trains an hour currently, the Sheffield. So if they quadrupled it, um, there would be 20. So there'd be one every three minutes. He said people, the trains would be queuing for the people. They wouldn't have any space. So you might as well just have one train. <laughs> you just walk up the carriages to <laughs> yeah. Sheffield. Yeah. Right, so this is about the HS2 thing. Yeah, This yeah, was yeah. the 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 sort of Damocles that was hovering over Tory party conference and they wouldn't talk about it until the last day as they were leaving. <laughs> By the way. Bye. <laughs> yeah. That, well, you know, oh, we shouldn't be surprised. Should but there we? was loads. Basically, the, the, it rattled off like five or six things and they were all just made no sense because right. when you actually looked into it, it was like that or it was just pointless or it already existed or, you know, there was just... Their argument was that rather than spending X amount of billions and years mm. doing this one line between Birmingham and Manchester, they were going to spread it out. Yeah. But, Spend you know, £32 billion on um, hundreds of projects or whatever. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know. Mm. Anyway, uh, continue with uh, Jeremy Hunt. I've got um, an, a second clip I thought was interesting because... If you're like a, uh, if you're interested in poker or anything, you heard of a tell. Yeah, there are certain things that people do when they lie. Mm. A little tell that I quite like picking up and see if you can identify this little tell here. 
Conservatives will always protect public services. But we also... <laughs> Catch that? He can swallow his own bullshit. <laughs> Conservatives will always protect public services. Wow. Yeah, I mean... It seemed like a tell to me. Don't know. Well, if you think about LCC's... Well, that's Lancashire County Council's budget in 2010 was something like a billion. And... And now it's something like 300 million or something. Jeez. From 10 years ago. 13 years ago. Yeah. Oh, so from when they came in, mm. it's gone down to a third of what it was. Yeah. And everything costs more now. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. well that kind of makes sense from what you hear from people that like you, things are, don't have the level of service that they used yeah. to have. Well, I think that and there's, well, there's a range of um, councils I know what it is. that have gone um, bankrupt as well. Do you know what it is? What? You can't make money off public services. No. Like if you give um, like 40, 50 billion to track and trace, you can get all your mates' companies or get them to start up these startup mm. companies, limited companies, and just siphon, just rape the taxpayer that way. Quick, easy, in a couple of years, man. Yeah. And, you know, our, our kids and grandkids will pay for it. But, like, public services, bus, I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't really skim the bus, bus service, can you? Kids are there's paying no, now. No money in it. Have you heard this week that there's, there was an error in the accounting for the education budget? No. 330 million or something gone from next year's budget for schools. They mis- miscounted the number of expected pupils. What, so the underestimated? The underestimated, yeah. So Have we had a lot of extra pupils come in since no, uh, Putin in, invaded? They just cocked it up. And uh, now there's a massive black hole in the budget for state schools. Well, it's like, my, yeah, my son's school's like asking for toys oh, and books. Oh, well, the books are falling to pieces. <laughs> as soon as my uh, eldest started uh, secondary school, uh, we start getting emails. Can you, uh, mm. Seventeen pound contribution for design technology. Oh yeah, and uh, eight pound for this subject for this term. Blah blah mm-hmm. blah blah. Yeah, it's like you're already paying for it once. Mm. You're already getting yep. taxed, but it, um, that's the problem. Is that your money just gets squandered on moon pies and penny whistles? That's right. It'd be better if we just didn't have any of these cunts and we just organised it ourselves. <laughs> that's why I'm an anarchist. I <laughs> would do uh, uh, woodcraft. Yeah, would you be able to? No. Whittling? I do whittling. <laughs> yeah. I smashed up a pallet the other day. That Good. Counts. Life <laughs> skill. Yeah. So, cooking. you know, You could do cooking. I could do, yeah, I can do a mean... Paul Mac. Uh, yeah. Boiled potatoes, sausage and veg. I could do house colouring spreadsheets. Yeah. Um, they call that... Uh, <laughs> call that uh, computer science. Oh, yes. Computer That's science, so, yeah. it's called now. Yes. Yeah. We can do um, home Mac. We're we're like first domestic class domestic domestic engineers. <laughs> yeah. We could we'd have that covered, Matt. Yeah, we would, wouldn't we? Yeah, yeah Ben for computer computer science. Oh, that is so yeah. good. And uh, you know what would you charge per student? Now, uh, what do we pay? <laughs> we probably pay what a thousand pounds a year, something like that, uh, in the tax system. Maybe, maybe on your council tax. I'd do it for free. Right. Okay. Yeah. It won't do much, but I do it for free. Shall we continue with Tory Party Conference? We, we mentioned HS2, didn't we? Uh, I think this meme is applicable. 
It's <laughs> Rishi's new fragrance. Oh, <coughs> it looks nice. There's a, a phallus-shaped uh, perfume bottle. And the the stopper is the glands. Mm. <laughs> so the, the glands of what? Of more more door. <laughs> The obvious thing to do would be, would have been to start it in Leeds, HS, yeah. high speed yeah, rail, and, and then going down. Yeah, but everyone who who makes the rules live in London, so yeah. that was never going to happen. What's the point of just having? It just does it just go to Birmingham then? It doesn't even go to Euston, does it? It stops it? outside London. Oh, for God's sake! It might not happen yet. What the the axing? No, the HS two. Oh, right. I mean the whole thing. I mean, there, there was a big, there was a lot of people saying that it shouldn't have happened in the first place. Mm. That because of the cost, the outrageous cost of it, mm. and you know it's going to spiral out of control as it soon as it starts, hasn't it? Yeah, and it will get put back several years, whatever. Mm. That maybe that wasn't the way to go. Other well, countries rail. managed to do it better than us. How do they do it? I can't think of any examples. Just have like a billion people. Just like com- bigger countries so as well. Doesn't France, doesn't France have a really good railway yeah, system? Yeah, absolutely. France and the Netherlands, I think, and Germany. But the other thing is, is Japan. We did it all first, and it's all just old. Yeah, but we've done nothing since. Exactly. <laughs> that's the, problem. <laughs> that's the issue. Railways. It is. It's we've true. Remember the empire. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're still they're still replacing uh, wooden sleepers on railway tracks and things that have been there for decades. <sighs> Fucking shit. But that's why, that's why, because it's just all the old infrastructure. I think it's completely gauche. Why are people going to be travelling by rail in 15 years? In 15 minutes it is. They're not, are they? Should put a maglev system in. No. People are going to travel. Monorail. Less, Monorail. Less and less and less. But that's the idea, say. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I think it's probably pointless, the whole HS2 thing, but... Mm. You mentioned 15-minute cities. Um, Klaus Schwab was due to attend the Conservative Party conference in Manchester. Right. But he declined because Manchester isn't signed up. It's not a 15-minute city yet. Oh. We know how much of a hard-on he has for them. 15-minute city. 15-minute city. Stay close to home. 15-minute city. 15 minute city, or we'll send our drone. I think most cities are 15-minute cities already, aren't they? It depends how you even, define it. Even here is probably 15 minutes away from all the the list of whatever what do you needs need? to be 15 is minutes. Is it your school? Like hospital, school, shop, morgue, Bets. dildo shop. Uh, yeah, vets. So we've got... I told you about this when I went on holiday to Barcelona, you know. That's how it is there. <coughs> mm. So it's like on a grid, and you have every and these blocks of apartments, and then at the bottom floor is all shops, all different kinds of shops, mechanics, and all the rest of it. And then you live above it. You're living pods. Above. Yeah, but I don't know Barcelona. So it's Catalan. Um, so I guess would that have been part of the? Uh, There's not many cities who've officially signed up. Uh, Melbourne is one. Paris is one. Right. They're, they're, they're going yeah, to drastically redesign the city centre. The bang, I don't think they'll need to redesign that much, though. That's, that's what I'm getting at. I think a lot of people... You've got to get all your say, cameras in, haven't you? You've got to get your cameras in. You've got to dress it. Shut the, shut the roads. Put the barriers, put the plant it's pots like in a, the roads. 
The thing, no one has a problem with the concept of having all your amenities within 15 minutes walking distance. Mm. It's the enforcement that's the issue. I Saying that you can't use the it's other like ones. Most people are wanting to move out of the cities because of the mm. way they're going. Yeah, shit. Have a look at San Francisco. Oh, God. LA. Do not have a look at San Francisco. Yeah, it's. Uh... I don't know. Have I'm going to go to Preston go... Town Centre recently. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. going a bit San Francisco. <laughs> it is. It's not great, is it? No. It's not great. Just Out stay there. in your pod. Stay in your pod, you'll be fine. Consume my, my gruel, my insect gruel. <laughs> what was it called? Insect grease from last week. Bug. Bug grease. Bug, Bug grease. grease. Nice. Yeah. Oh, fuck me. Instead of lard. You could only use 25% though if you ever make a cake out of it, Ben, because otherwise you start <laughs> to taste the difference then. Oh, okay. Can you decorate the top with whole bugs? If you so wish. So what you do is you get your bugs and you blend them up and then you put them in a centrifuge and then the grease comes out of separate, the bugs. Separate the grease from the... And then you whip it the up. humectant. Yeah, and then that is is what you make your cakes with, but only 25%. I haven't got a centrifuge. Well, well they do it for you. Yeah. You just buy the bug grease. Yeah. Oh, canned. Right. Yeah. And cook with that. I wonder if you could swim the channel covered in bug grease. We're going to need eco. bug centrifuges within 15 minutes walking distance. <laughs> like, <laughs> That would be my shop. I'll be the bug centrifuge <laughs> the bug guy. spinner. Yeah. Don't see Matt you can have a spinning, sign. You can some spin bug the grease. sign for the bug spinning <laughs> department. <coughs> yeah. Oh, anyway, let's move on to the justification for 15 minutes cities and uh, all the rest of it, which is uh, climate change. Is it worth it? Oh, cool. Uh, just stop oil hit the headlines again this week when they interrupted a production of Les Mis. Do Les you hear the people sing, singing the song of angry men? Oh, I'll do the rest. Oh, I don't, you've been you know it, it well. Yeah, you've been to Les Mis, yeah. I, I've sang aspects of Les Mis in a choir. <laughs> yes. <laughs> as, as, as if you're surprised. Mute his mic. How are you ever surprised? <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll just mute Ben's mic. We don't need to hear from him from the rest no. of the episode, I don't think, after that. I meant when he, I, was, I, was, I was pretending to be the conductor of the choir, you see. Right. Rather than just mute him now. Okay. He's an integral part of the podcast when he decides to turn up. It was a joke. <laughs> It was a joke. Yeah, so they interrupted a production of Les Mis, and then, uh, so it got all over the news, and this interview with a Just Up All spokesman on Sky News went viral. How worse does it have to get? How many kids have to die? How many more young people have to do this stuff? She... I don't know what else to say, Anna. Why aren't you... Is she talking about Who's the French di- Revolution? Who's dying? Do you mean the, people, the of, people of, like, from malnutrition? And... I think they just put climate change on the death certificate, no? <laughs> I don't know, but who's dying? I mean, it, there's a thing that keeps coming up about um, which parts of the Northwest are going to be underwater <laughs> in 2050. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't New York supposed to be underwater by <sighs> now? Oh, yeah, go maybe. back, go back and watch an, in, an inconvenient truth, an inconvenient amount of facts. Al Gore, 
back. It's over 20 years ago now because they make all sorts of predictions mm. you know, with the models and whatnot. Models. How worse does it have to get? This is called climate derangement syndrome. Has it been named? Uh, yeah, I just have. All right. But I think she might be acting because... Um, yeah, she doesn't doesn't look real, this emotion. She doesn't look um, sincere at all, does she? No. There's a weird bit where she smiles oh, God. midway through. How yeah. many kids have to die? How many more young people have to do this stuff? Is she getting a coupon? Is she getting a coupon? A cue from... She's looking to the side. She was, yeah. yeah. Now, now. Emo- I don't know. Emotion. What else to say, Anna? Why aren't you on the streets with us? That's all I can say. How do you explain your inaction? How do you explain it? Uh, Everyone here, all the presenters that we talked to, how do you explain your inaction? How much longer are you going to keep this journalistic objectivity up until the war... What the fuck have I done there? (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, there we go. Water's lapping at your ankles until your own kids haven't got food? How long? The water... Are you going to wait till the water's lapping at your ankles and your kids have no food? I've got it now. She was, she has auditioned for Les Mis year after year (sighs) after year. Yes. And she has never got in. And look, this is her big moment. This is her audition. Yeah. Yes. Look at my range. (laughs) (laughs) I'm crying. I'm happy. I want somebody, please, think of the children. <laughs> and, and for Just Off Oil, what's next? Will you continue to, to... Oh, this is where the creepy smile comes in. ...disrupt events or... Of what's, what's the what's of the course. What's the plan? Oh, oh, the to take the action that we know from the history eye, has got... The eyes go wild. You do. She smiles and the oh, eyes go wild. Disruption. Yes. Yeah, yeah dis, dis, derangement syndrome. What's next? Will you continue to, to disrupt events or of what's, what's the what's of the course. what's the plan? Because it's morally wrong to not take the action that we know from history has got some chance of having an effect. People feel powerless. We are the opposite. When we come together, we have enormous power. There are so many more of us than there are of them. Is there a call back to Tiananmen Square here? <laughs> mm. Is there? Uh, do you think she's ever seen the Pyramid Reese map? No, I wouldn't imagine she knows what that is. Mm. Let's get around, we can educate her. We yeah. all know these climate graphs, they all start at the Industrial Revolution. They all end. They all start at the end of the Little Ice Age. Mm. God, it's not difficult to work out. If you're going to do a, a, a chart of climate, don't pick your baseline as the coldest period in the last 13,000 years. You know, they won't no, just it. don't do it. They won't hear it. <laughs> they won't hear it. They want to tax you for it, and that's what all it's about. It's about getting more money for them. It's about money. Yeah. Um, so let's do some some local news. Burnley Town Centre is becoming overrun by giant rats. Just check the notes. Giant rats. What's it eating? Oh, smart. Oh. A local businessman has accused the council of failing to act on the problem, which he says is caused by the open bins. On is this a replacement to that Manchester blonde girl you fancy? Emma Danny. Is it? Emma Danny. She's like, she must be a freelance or something. She Welcome, good Greg. She seems to spend more time on Aldi than anything else. Which one? This one? No. The other one? Yeah, the, the Irish one. The Irish one. This one, no, I don't. 
Jimmy Pilling, who owns several properties in the area, said the group of his tenants, along with himself, have been battling furiously for nine months to try and get rid of them. Stand up and fight. They've been battling furiously. For nine months and they've killed one. <laughs> <laughs> They're massive. That's like the size of a human. Wow. Do you know it's, what, it's the it, size of a Mexican alien. I'm having I'm having a bit of a weird thing, <laughs> memory coming to mind about my sister's reading a book about giant rats. What's that book called? Book that, about giant rats. Yeah, giant rat book. Kids book. No, it's like a horror book. James Herbert, the rats. Probably something like that. The Rat King. Well, no, that's like a Rolling Rats. A myth thing, isn't it? Myth, folklore. They might be in Burnley. He reported that a rat the size of a cat was found by a pest controller during a visit to one of his properties. Sounds like a Julia Donaldson novel. The The rats and the cats. The rat. Jamie Pinning (laughs) found his broom. Is there room on the broom for a rat the size of a cat? (laughs) No? Yeah. We'll get um, Martin Freeman to do the uh, (laughs) the voiceover. Ah. <laughs> I think that's it. Oh, no. The council's environment boss, Councillor Lubna Khan, said Street Scene is aware of the issues and efforts are ongoing to improve the area at the rear of York Street. Giant rats. I've, oh. seen, a, I've seen rats oh, recently, you know. I've seen one... What did I see? One running across the, like, the road near me and then one jumped out of a bush one day. At you? No. Just ran across. It's again. nature taking over now that climate change doesn't exist anymore. So you've got, you it's know, rewilding. 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 I've got mosquitoes in my house. There you Ooh. go. Nature. I get them here. Do you know what? Um, I also found. Check this out for nature. What do I do? Just play it for you two. A spring. <laughs> spring. Boing. At the bottom of my garden. Oh, really? You mean a burst water main? <laughs> I don't know if I've... Oh, I've got some tortoises having sex. Um, it's not there. Oh. I mean, what you do on your own terms, sort of... It's on you, like, but... Well, you know. Well, yeah, there's a spring. I'll show you later. All right, cool. At the bottom of your garden? Yeah, over the um, fence. Among the birds and the bees? Yeah. It was just, like, erupting out of the... Does it live, li- live a lot of little people? Uh, Arlington people? Called the Springs of the Peas. Abmortal! <laughs> this creepy black eyed bee and dumb bee. Keep, Keep it a secret now, please. please. This dippy and grumpy. <laughs> and all the Paddington Peas. Paddington Peas. I used to love the Paddington Peas. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Oh, I'm shy at this on telly nowadays. No, I know. This fucking YouTube generation. Ugh. Although my uh, youngest sat through the entire uh, Paw Patrol film the other day, it's, that's an hour and twenty minutes. Who's his favourite? Chase? Uh, I don't think he really has a favourite. Really. No, I think Chase is it's a it's kind of a coming of age tale for Chase. This one, finds yeah. his bravery. In this film. wow, I thought he already was brave. He's a, he's a police dog. Yeah, I know, but he's a tiny puppy in this. Right. So. Uh, I've not. I'm not keeping up with Paw Patrol. Prequel yeah. trilogy. My yeah. kids mainly watch like the Alien films. <laughs> well, Matt and, needs uh, some chi. What? 
I mean, we can't we can't immediately <coughs> deliver change. Whoa, Matt Apocalypse turns forty tomorrow. Yeah. Just sit down the chat. So old. Um, oh gosh, why didn't we know about this? Why did he not put it through the appropriate channels? No, I know. I know. A, this is this is where it goes wrong. We are a, bu- a bureaucracy, you know. This isn't, you know, just a free for all. Not. A, what are we going to do? We're going to do Chi first or a birthday? Let's do Chi first. Okay. Send Matt. Matt right, okay. Oh, I am brought me sword. Gosh, this is a, a live Chi donation. So this mm. is something we offer every week. We focus Chi as a community mm. into the anal glands of the recipient. <laughs> well, p- pineal glands, sorry, not anal glands. I'm thinking about my dog. Okay, eyes down looking. Let's focus some Chi at Matt Chin for his 40th birthday tomorrow. that works yeah so do i I hope it like gets you over the hump 40 imagine being 40 i can't i'm 41 soon i know it's impossible to believe but nearly 42 should we uh, my math (laughs) should we give him a birthday shout out for tomorrow as well while we're here okay there's a birth gay boy among us Beautiful. Laughing at his own stuff. <laughs> Happy birthday, you giant mistake. <laughs> oh, that's a double. Yeah. A sussy chungus pirate from Basildon. <laughs> you got caught sucking your fingers on the bus. Ben's favourite. <laughs> Run, boy. Respect. Well, being whisked away. This is his birthday present. A holiday of a lifetime. Yes, you're going up to the Isle of Cox. How about that? <laughs> All right. Good. Good. I hope that, I hope that, that fits, fits yeah. your, your requirements, Matt. Thanks for, be, for being a producer. Yes, yeah. thank you. Let's move on. Another local news story. You'll love this one. It's a pension, the pensioner in Lytham. I'm Lucinda Herbert for the Blackpool Gazette, and these are your headlines for the North West. A nursing home resident, armed with a bow and arrow, was arrested after a tense standoff with police. The 63-year-old man had allegedly been threatening staff with a bow and arrow at the Belmart Nursing Home in Lytham early on Monday afternoon. Police were called and a tense standoff ensued as Stanley Road was closed off. The man was arrested two hours later and taken into custody where he remained on Tuesday morning. Eyewitnesses claimed that arrows were fired at officers during the standoff, but Lancashire Police have not confirmed this. Right, so are we thinking sort of a Legolas-style longbow or a, like a Lone Ranger Tonto setup? I thought it was a... Did you not say a crossbow? Was it a bow and arrow? It's a crossbow. I don't know. Oh, don't yeah. don't click stuff. I can click that. I think I can click this. Oh, I don't know. Don't do it. it. Double click. Double <laughs> click. There we go. I'm Lucinda Herbert for the Blackpool Gazette, and these are your headlines for the Northwest. A nursing home resident, armed with a bow and arrow, was bow arrested arrow. after a tense standoff bow with police. The 63-year-old man. There we go. Who uses a bow and arrow in a standoff? I know you'd use a crossbow, wouldn't you? Or a shoe. That's only 23 years older. 
23 years more experience some than we mad have l- now. Yeah, but some proper mad lads live in <laughs> the foul coast. That's Lytham, though, That's isn't true. it? Yeah. Maybe he was hunting giant rats. Maybe. In Burnley, that's a bloody big bow he's going to need. <laughs> yeah. I know. <coughs> Absolutely wild. Yeah. See, what else is, what else has he got down here? See. Oh, we oh, could just we oh. could just run the show. Shall we just so see if we can find all the Pornhub tabs? <laughs> Ricky D and Callum. Oh, yeah, don't ruin the end of the show. Oh, oh no, we can't. Yeah, can't do no. it. No, no, um, no, no, no. no. I was watching a, a a video of a man who turns uh, rats into pencil cases the other day. That's a bit... We've had animals as drones on here before, haven't we? Yeah. I'm sure I've seen a cat kind of <coughs> splayed and hovering. But yeah, rat pencil case. I mean, you wouldn't really be able to get much... In, you're certainly not going to get your 30-centimeter ruler in a, in a rat pencil case. No. Unless mm. the rat is the size of a cat. Yeah. But then you'd need a shoulder strap, I think. You could you could have its tail somehow coming round, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah, the tail would be non-functional, wouldn't it? it you would wouldn't be. be able to put anything in it. No. Well, yeah, I suppose. You can That's get that, mm. those jointed rulers, though, can't you? Yeah, they're never any good. You never get a straight line with them. No. Yeah, there's always a little blip in the middle. Fuck, I'd, I think I'd have an animal taxidermy pencil case. Yeah, it's a bit weird, <laughs> though. She can get one on eBay. Mm. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what animal would tea. be appropriate size for a pencil case? Like a stoat, maybe? Uh, no, I'm thinking a weasel. A weasel. You need, weasel. Something, you need something long enough to house your pencil. What well, if you've got loads of highlighter pens? They're massive. Ferret. Well, just don't have so many highlighter pens. It's, oh, it's all about... Um, <laughs> badger pencil case. Is it Marie Kondo? Who is it? Is that woman who is all about tidying up? Eating yeah, that's things it, neat. It? That's mm. Jordan Pearson. Yeah, that's, that's Jordan Pearson, isn't it? It's the same hey? dip. <laughs> same. Uh, just don't have so many highlighter pens in your rats. All right. Well, it's episode 300 next week. Mm. I know. We're doing anything special. I've not been here for so long. <laughs> Well, I've kept this quiet, and uh, in our calendar, our online calendar, there's no guests there no guest. for episode 300. And uh, surprise, there is a guest next week, live in the studio. Jeremy Cuntan. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it's Ricky D and Callum. Be my, be my boy. Yo, I'm down with the flow. I'm on even a machine up. Mosh- yeah. Mosh- the with a the mic yesterday, and G. Well, the mechans out there under the armor, shoot by the armor. Ricky D, we're so lovely. For me, my boy Callum, we, we know what's what. It's hot. And there's what's up a lot. I think Callum might be <laughs> yeah. on cocaine. Which one's Callum? On the which left. one's Ricky D? I'm, I'm sure they're both on cocaine, <laughs> but I think Callum's is struggling to conceal it. Let's get down with me. Yes, with a baseline, yes, with a wicked MC. Look, look, look. Yes, I'm a man. Both, God's the strongest from above. He's loyal, like me. My boy's all Ricky D. I'll fight, fight gladly. Anyone goes near him, then we're sorry. Uh, pull that, pull, pull. You catch that at the end. Oh, my you God. You did, didn't you? You caught him up. Anyone goes near him, then we're sorry. Uh, uh, hold on, hold on. <laughs>
Oh, yeah. So, live in the studio next Holy week. Shit. Do people not have jobs? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? MC's a real job. Yeah. It's, it's a, actually an urban poet. Yeah. MC right, Ricky. Yeah, yeah. MC Ricky D. MC Ricky D. <laughs> and yeah. Big C. And the MC. Not cancer, Callum. No. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I think it's time for an. I'm finally in it because it's. Uh, oh yeah, we've rocked over an hour. One hour, yeah. one hour and seven minutes. Yeah, I got work tomorrow. Oh gosh, you go, he has to go to crew. Yeah, to get to crew. What time have you set off? Seven, I think. Oh, that's what are you doing in crew? Yeah, Better see too. where HS2 you were supposed to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm looking to see if I can uh, stake a claim on all that land that's going begging. Yeah. Oh man. Right, so early start. Well, it's only seven hours. You'll have to be up in seven hours in a bit. Be right. Yeah. You'll be fine. I was um, watching old WWF clips this week. <laughs> Excellent. As, How you do? Uh, I'm one to do on YouTube. And it never struck me before just how... Violent. <laughs> Homo. Homoerotic. Yeah. It is. They're all oiled up. Uh, <laughs> Check it out. Come in my face, I'm gonna fight you. Well, you're not gonna bust a nut anytime we're in the ring. I'm gonna get off by cranking your knob just a little beyond the breaking point. When I get my hands on you, I'm gonna eat your ass like a pot of collard greens, baby. I'm gonna straight. What? <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Hands on Yamo, eat your ass like a pot of collard greens, baby. I'm gonna stretch his ass like it's never been stretched before. You can hide behind that commissioner's stuff just so long until I jerk a knot in your ass. <laughs> jerk a nut in your ass. What the fuck? <laughs> like it's never been stretched before. You can hide behind that commissioner's stuff. Just so long until I jerk a knot in your ass. And if you don't think I'm big enough, then you grab a hold of me. This is Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh, you remember yes, Jake I the remember Snake? Him, yeah. And you'll know that I'm growing, my man. Within your hands, I will get as big as I need to be. As big as I need to be to do the job on you. The rock just jerked off. There's one part of our bodies that's soft. And it ain't soft all the time. If you catch my meaning, I'm gonna come on you like nobody's ever come on you before. Just you and I getting it all like two men should do. Oh, no. No, that, that, that's interesting. Okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Brilliant. <laughs> She's almost here. Oh, right. Yeah, we better sign off for well, tonight, you know. What else are we going to ruin? WWF. Giant Sorry, rats. Dude. We didn't even talk about 1986 tonight. Can't have anything nice. Definitely 86. Yeah. Oh, so much more we could have done tonight. I was... Uh, uh, what do you call it? An embarrassment of riches for what we could have talked about. But, you know. Look it. You get what you're given. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Time is precious. They are. Yeah. So. Because I'm literally a communist. Okay. We'll sign off for this week, eh? We'll see you yeah. next week for 300 next Sunday. Yeah. Bye. 8 p.m. Bye. 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 All right.
in the sea of Bruce Blake's cottage cheese. Want some, buddy? Gross. Alright, see you next week. Every meal you make, every bite you take, every single lunch with a crispy crunch, you will eat a box. Oh, thanks with somebody. So what, what, what a baby. What a big baby. Let's get on with the game. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> what in the world of this? We'll be there. G Cat. Anna El Etifaki. See you soon. And these guys, I mean they're having fun now, but my goodness, they've also got a dark side. It's that Ninja Turtle, yo. I'm half Barney, half Ninja Turtle. I karate you, you karate me. Down his eyes. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye